when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to Waypoint Radio, live at E3 2019, day one. We're at E3. We made it to E3, and you'll notice there are cameras. There is video. Well, there are three cameras for now. For now. <laughs> Don't. Listen, I want the people to know there's always a possibility that a ghost shows up. We never know. We do never know. And I hope... Especially in this haunted house. This house, which is haunted. It looks so much like the Resident Evil house. I wish you hadn't pointed it out. The Res- Sorry. The Resident Evil house that appeared inside of today's Nintendo Direct, which we are Spooky. about to talk about. Uh, that was the voice of, of Kado over there on the ones and twos. Hi. Also joining me, Patrick Klepik. Hello. Natalie Watson. Hi. Rob Zachney. How's it going? I'm your host, Austin Walker, and we are here to talk about the Nintendo Direct and then everything we saw on the show floor, E3 2019, day one. And also maybe the last E3 it felt like on that show floor. E3 is dead. <laughs> is that what they do <laughs> at funerals? After all they did for you. Who? E3? The ESA? Wow. All, that, all that like nice promotion they did for your brand. Mm-hmm. When right. they said my name When one they time. made you the joyous gamer and put you on billboards. Oh, yeah. Not I remember that. but internet billboards. <laughs> yeah, she went up on the one in front of the fig like the giant... Could you imagine if my fucking face yep, was I in downtown LA? It's so easy to imagine. Fob wash, Steve. Where Steve? are you at? Photo shop, shop, Photoshop. Uh, let's just dive into Nintendo today because we have a lot to talk about. We saw a lot of stuff in the How show. We were lied to. We Deception. were Luigi bamboozled. Luigi pooped himself and made a Gooigi. We're gonna get there. Hey. Nintendo. We died. The other day, we Patrick died. and I yep. were, invi- were invited, were invented. Patrick and I were well, invited to go see the Nintendo Direct a few days early and to also take a look at Luigi's Mansion, which we got to play. We can talk about mm-hmm. that also. Cool. Um, I don't want to go through every little thing in the Nintendo Direct because there's a lot. Like, I look at this list and I had everything categorized by like letter, like A, B, C, D, E, etc. Mm-hmm. And I got to X, I got to W with each one of those being a new game announcement or a game announcement or an update or whatever. And then X was a highlight reel with 19 other games. And so we can't go through every little thing. But I want to know what highlight, what people will highlight. So let's go around the table. Let's pick some stuff out that you think were the big things. Without the, the, without we'll, the we'll last save the last thing the last, the last okay. thing here. So Kato, let's start with you. What were, what were your big standouts in the Nintendo Direct? Not the last thing? Besides Can't the last it. thing. Um, the be last. first well, highlight got... for me was when Luigi... <laughs> what? I said Kato. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't know Kato's mic'd up. 
You, you thought Kato was just talking? Yes. <laughs> and, and then she was like, well, time to shut that's him that the ever fuck up. Him? <laughs> that's Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Not, wow. Not, not wrong. It's not wrong. Day Kato one. off mic is a, is a is, thing. This is yeah, true. that's true. This is true. Um, Kato, what was something that stood out to you about I, the Nintendo Direct? There's so many, but uh, we're going go to go around more than once. I, more than once? So pick one right now. Okay, this is lowest probably, which is a big thing uh, for me. I asked you for the most. Most? The, top? What's the most exciting? Yes. Top to bottom? Top. Yes. Top Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Yeah. I fucking love that game when I was a kid, and I'm very excited to revisit that world. It's Me too. My, I almost said favorite. Maybe it's tied. Yes, it's tied with Breath of the Wild awesome. for me. That game uh, is really, really, really good, and I'm super excited for people to see it. Um, they showed off a new create-your-own-dungeon mode where you get dungeon like, yeah, blocks. Keep, yeah, keep I that be con- very, like yes. It's very it's, limited. Yes, it is. You get kind of rooms. You can kind of put rooms together. In, in, like in, a, in, a, in a Zelda 1 NES-style dungeon, dungeon yes. in yeah. which you were like fighting... You, you, over the course of the game, it seems like you will unlock... Similar to Mario Maker in the sense of like course elements is what they call them a Mario Maker, right. where you get new things that you can drop into these dungeons, but you're not doing any scripting. You're not, right. you know, you're so not drop, and you're not even dropping in individual enemies. You're dropping like this is the enemy. This is the room that has the big ogre. This is a room I've encountered before that you. It seems like there are yes. rooms that you've like found in the world that you can then save somehow and assemble mm-hmm. however you'd like later. Totally. So yeah, I'm with you. That seemed really good. Patrick. Yeah, very excited. Uh, in that montage of games from partners of Nintendo, yeah. they had the games, and then they would issue release dates next to them. Yeah. It was like, oh, fall 2019, uh, 2019. And then there was a short clip of the new Hollow Knight game. Yeah. <laughs> and it said, coming soon. I remember turning to Austin at the like pre-show thing that we went to, and I was like, Coming, what does that even mean? That, that game could be coming two years from now, for all I know. And then, today, walking the show floor, after walking by the now banned Dr. Disrespect. Bathroom. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Who disrespected people going to the fucking bathroom. Get the fuck out. Yeah, fuck They him. took away his badge fuck. and banned from Twitch. He'll be back for Twitch. Twitch is just like YouTube. It's just, he makes the money. <laughs> he makes he'll be back. Sucks. Give it a, a week. Fuck out of here. Fuck out. But Give it a day. I was disoriented. By the amount of disrespect that had been thrown at me, and I'm looking over at this sea of indie games, and I see Silkworm there. Silk Song. Silk Song. Well, the probably a worm in there. There's probably Silkworm. Yeah. 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 A worm. And it's playable, which makes me so I'm not. I was not excited necessarily about the footage in the direct, but I am excited by the notion that I can go play that game tomorrow. Because I am so deliciously excited for another Hollow Knight game. And I want yeah. to see how that game plays. Yeah, me too. I tried to sneak around the Nintendo floor and find it, but I did not manage to get a glimpse. No, I, st- st- I stood trying to look at the game screens until someone was like, Sir, you Need you can't leave. stand in this hallway. And I was like, okay, I'll leave. <laughs> I'll just beg on Twitter to see if someone can let me into there. And I'm, then setting they, an, I'm setting an email literally can, right yeah. now. Literally right now. I DM'd the studio, who's uh, like just two people basically, and I was like, are you here? Can I, how, do I get, how do I get this rope to come up so I can go see this game? They're like, we're not there. Like that, no. there, There's just kiosk 
I, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I, you'll make it. I I am so excited for New Halo Night, and so uh, e- even though there are lots of things I was excited for in that direct coming from Nintendo themselves, like Halo Night is immediately like a yeah. like I need to know more about that. Totally. Rob Zachney, because Natalie lost her privileges of going next when she interrupted Kano. I didn't even Kano. get to comment on uh, one Play-Doh children, two bird egg. <laughs> Bag. Those were the only two things I wanted to say about Link's Awakening, but I didn't get the chance, so. And now you've interrupted Rob also. <laughs> Skip again. <laughs> Rob. We'll hear from Natalie later this week. <laughs> uh, so what I my favorite game of the Nintendo Direct was imagining what it would be like to be a Nintendo fan, uh, because no, like we had no, we had this conversation about Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, no, like sure. I know these games are not for me. Uh-huh. Like they, they really aren't. But every time, every time we go through this, uh, like at E three. And the spirit of gaming is upon me, and yeah. it's 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 gamer Christmas it's it's gamer Christmas morn as this thing is airing, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, it would be so good to be into this kind of thing. Everyone yeah. is so happy. Everyone yeah. is so like yeah. purely mm. joyous, purely happy and enthusiastic. Purely happy to doesn't have the same ring. To see it. this, true, uh, <laughs> to, to see these games, and also what these games promise is kind of a long retreat, right? It's not just, yes. oh, this is going to be a good weekend. This is like, come on in. Yeah. Like, close the door. Live here for a while. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. Hang your jacket up. Right. And so I kind of, like, Colonize for me... Colonize this island. Mm. We'll <laughs> get there. Actually, that did look all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Look, I mean, I just got done. I, like, you know, I just finished up with Anno. Right. And sure. I am ready to settle and exploit. Uh, another island start charging people <laughs> rent to live there uh-huh. uh, because this is mine now and uh, and, John, and na 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 well no once I've improved it once I've improved it it becomes mine uh, but uh, that, that's philosophy you can't okay. even argue that you're right it's philosophy it's impossible to argue yeah. philosophy no but but no the, the, the sincere thing is I know these games aren't for me and it seems like every time I feel a little bit like I'm missing out not being like not being someone who could commit to that What's stuff. What's keeping you from being that sort of person, Rob? <sighs> um, Where to start? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like in Pokemon and Animal Crossing, this is like what prompted us to have this larger discussion, is that like I see... This happens with every Animal Crossing, in which I go, wow, everyone is so excited for this game. Like, I want to be excited too. And it happens for a lot. Like, I got into the Souls games that way. I've gotten into lots of other games that way. Like, this is it. I'm going to get on the train, and like this is going to be the one where I'm into it. And then I play Animal Crossing, and I realize, ah, this is a game about like checking boxes and like keeping things clean mm-hmm. and like lining things up. I was like, I do enough of that in my real life. I don't need this from a video game. And it turns out I just don't want... And then I realized, that's right. I've done this six times now. Animal Crossing is not like the... Vir- that's not the video game For you. experience I want. But... It makes everyone so damn happy. Well, I want to feel it. I'm sitting there watching like Pokemon, and Kado is like, "Oh shit, there's a fucked up seagull." But he knows the name for the proct- proper like. What is know, it? What is it? Wingull. Okay. Wingull. Wingull seems sensible, but he knows he knows all this stuff, and he's like <laughs> delighted, like "Hello, old friend." Right. And for me, that doesn't like I don't get that from Nintendo. You go fucked up seagull. You got there. Yeah, and <laughs> also I'm like that. this seems charming, 
And then that seems charming for me. Like, that'd be a great 10 minutes. Yes. And then it's, oh, no, this is like you, 90 can hours. Can I recommend something minutes. for you? Therapy. If everyone. Yeah. Actually, everyone. It's great stuff. I was going to recommend to you the Pokemon wiki. <laughs> I just look at them. They're cool. They're in there. You don't have to play a game. You can be like, cool seagull. Kotaku does like a feature like once a week. They highlight like the weird parts of a different Pokemon. And it's like a really hilarious feature. Because like some of the Pokemon and like what they represent in the world is like, oh, okay, yeah. that's a world. But also you did really like Stardew Valley last yeah. year. Was that last year or two years ago? Time is uh, it was two, two years, years ago. Two years yeah. ago. Um, the thing that... So before Natalie uh, says her favorite thing, wow. I'm going to jump in. Wait, how... <laughs> okay, you know what? Go ahead, Danica. Hey, what's up, everyone? Danica here. I'm going to need you to sign a release. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll okay. get one ready. That's fine. Well, my feet you were on too, camera. You too, actually. <laughs> oh, wait, you might still be under... You don't we'll worry talk. about it. Can I get, like, $100 for my toes being on camera? Um, so I'm... <laughs> I'm really excited about a lot of games that are coming to Switch. Um, <laughs> primarily, Nino Kuni won because it was my game of the year, 2013. That's right, I remember that. <laughs> you said that when we when I interviewed you yeah. for the social role. It was like one of my favorite games ever, and I never finished Nino Kuni too. Um, and then the other thing that I'm excited for that I think just looks neat. Um, I really love Bayonetta because I didn't mm -hmm. play it until like 2017. Um, was that uh, what's Astral the Changle? Oh, Astral <laughs> Changle is the Chain Seagull. Pokemon. That's like, yeah, Chain that's the evolution. Changle. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. yeah, Astral Chain looks really cool. Um, the the way that the game is cell shaded is so pretty. And the only thing that I thought was weird was that you're wearing a police outfit with a mini skirt on, but it looked very bayonetta. It was very cool. Yeah. Anything else, or? Um, no, that's it. No, keep going. Now please. we can go. Natalie's favorite. It's Natalie's turn. I was only commenting on the fact that Rob may have some enjoyment in <laughs> Animal Crossing if it not were for the absence of combat. I think that sort of the way Rob, that you get to... Rob, he's... You've hold hit on, him. hold on, though. You've struck so him let deep. me make a suggestion hold for on. you, Rob. What? Isn't fishing like combat oh, in a sense? Uh, I can't have this discourse. Isn't it a battle of whales? Just you, that yeah, rod and whales. <laughs> By the way, on the flight out here, like over someone's shoulder yeah. on the in-flight movie, yeah. they were watching Serenity. Yes, <laughs> that makes me really And they happy. looked really confused. But I think it's okay. So my suggestion to you is Rune Factory Four. Yes, which is on the show floor. Not the best place to play that game. No, not at all. The Rune Fly Factory 4 is on Switch now. It is like the anime version of Stardew Valley that came before it. Yeah. And it's coming to Switch this year. And it has really fun combat, really fun dungeons, as well as farming, relationships. Are there cool people to hang with? Yes. yes. Yeah. There's a prince. There's okay. a prince. There's... I know you love the nobility. <laughs> I know you just love the aristocracy. Yikes. <laughs> Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. No, but I actually like <laughs> a word. What were you? Saying? It's always good. It's always good to go on a long tangent and make your point, and then go. I'm sorry. I don't know with you guys when I'm gonna get a point in. Yo, check this. Check this. Check this lady out. Just check out Fort. Oh, Forte. we love her. Forte's great. She's rad. She's a nice. She looks great. I love that cloak. It's a great cloak. She's is barely oh, holding damn. on Only to that Only the sword. visor. That's you, really cool. You just wait till you see her in action. I, okay. Great. She's great. Oh, we check out real quick. Check out Dialus, who you love fishing. He's like a wolf boy who fishes. Hell See yeah. That? He, mm -hmm. he looks like somebody that 
holds the fishing rod, but isn't actually doing a whole lot of actual fishing. He's always hanging out by. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, like looking. He's taking a tab. Yeah, he's standing there. He wants he wants the people to notice that he's fishing, but. No, but I I think it's actually not the combat that like interests me and stuff like that. But I think maybe the reason like that when I hear people talk about um, Animal Crossing, the thing that does appeal to me is the weird like small town life yeah. aspect yeah. of it yeah. like appeals yeah. to me. And I liked in Stardew the small town life was somewhat idyllic, but also like there was a lot of like grief and sadness in yeah. that game as well. Yeah. Uh, and so in a weird way that appealed to me, whereas like, you know, the grind of Pokemon just doesn't. Totally. Yeah, so totally. Animal Crossing uh, does not have grief. Um, it has like it has like small moments of like yeah. embarrassment yes. or anxiety, yes. and then you kind of soothe that by your presence, yeah. basically. But uh, Rune Factory Four has See? like a very deep storyline, as well as I would suggest to you um, bring Fantasy Life to Switch, Nintendo. But bring Fantasy, Fantasy Life to Life, Switch, B- Fantasy Life is Did like, they publish then? I don't fucking. Uh, know. It was. Uh, I, I should know. Like I should know this. I've said it. T- uh, nine. No, t- title uh, nine. Uh, something uh, nine. Level five. Level five. Mm. <laughs> title nine. Title nine. That's, uh, <laughs> Tango. Wait, t- there's Tango Gameworks. Never mind. <laughs> um, we- so yeah, Fantasy Life is also like the more cartoony kawaii version of Rune Factory 4. Mm-hmm. Kawaii. Might still work. We're gonna keep Might moving. still work. Anyway, my favorite games at the Nintendo Showcase was Animal Crossing. Oh, what's so, that? Um, Animal Crossing is when you, um, in this one, you uh, <coughs> go on a plane and yeah. uh, you get dropped off on an island. and Owned by Tom Nook. Owned by Tom. collecting taxes. On a tent. On a tent. And a phone. He made me buy a phone. He gave you a Nook phone. Tom Nook is Jeff Bezos. Great. <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> That's the plug phone. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm really excited for Animal Crossing. I'm so excited that they are taking some of the best things from um, Happy Home Designer, like black being- people. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. number one. <laughs> the, uh, people of color finally made it into the world of Animal Crossing. Oh, I thought like you were saying taking from. No, like, oh, no, no, no. They've taken some of the best things from Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Here at Nintendo, we love Fortnite dances, which <laughs> were created in Fortnite, no. as we all know and love. <laughs> no, um, no. They, so, uh, uh, New, New Leaf didn't... I wrote a piece on this ages ago. Go read it. Go read it. Go look up Austin Walker Animal Crossing. You'll find it. Um, but the since that in that game, you could not be a person of color. You could tan your skin, and like you had to keep a regimen of like an, of upkeep to make that happen. You had to go to the an island every day in your game and spend between five and thirty minutes, depending on how much time doing nothing, just to like get tan, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'd I, go away. And then it would go away progressively after day, like as days pass. You had you had to keep up on it. But you have to much. wait till you became fully white again, or could no, you, you could reapply. Back, you could reapply. You okay. could reapply. Um, then in, and, and at the time they, that part of the reason why they described this was like, they didn't want to have a cr- traditional character creation system because they had this very kind of twee thing where you made a character by being like, 
on a train and someone like turned and looked at you and said, do you think that you're like a smiley face or a frowny face? Do you like red or blue? And then they drew a sketch of the character that you described vaguely, like inspired by your answers. And like, this is you. And then you could be like, no. And so now well, instead of that, they just go like, make a character. It's yeah. okay. Pick a skin color. And they've done that in Happy Home Designer and in yeah. what's the... Uh, uh, pocket the Camp. Pocket Camp. And yeah. so I'm not that surprised it's... That is it here, I'm not, but I want to just like yeah, it's not yeah, no, it's I'm really glad they're doing it though. Yes. Um, and so it's that it's the fact that you can um, put furniture outside and like it looks like there's a I haven't gotten to watch the treehouse footage yet, which I hear there's a lot more about sort of the decorating and crafting and things. There's crafting in it. Um, but you can like the path, like the way that you can design the paths yeah. in the game looks much easier than the way you had to do it in New Leaf, which was like a painstaking process of graphing out your entire town, like literally square by square with a shovel is how I did it. Um, and so that looks great. The fact that, um, like I said, they brought crafting, which is something that you not it wasn't in Pocket Camp, but like collecting well, I guess this has been all the games, like collecting multiple resources and delivering them. Um, but that having to actually become something in the game that you can use. And it's not just like you're constantly delivering things like a package. Yeah. Uh, Crafting could make the loop of that game so different, especially yeah. like the thing that they showed them making was a flimsy axe. Yes. Which like... Suggests like what, like durability. On items, which is new for that series. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, if I'm crafting items again, again, like what's, how does that shift things? I'm really curious about it. Me too. Can I ask though, uh, to a degree, I know that like this is an old conversation, the whole like, ah, Tom Nook's your landlord and all that stuff. Uh -huh. But what's funny to me is watching the trailer they showed today. They kind of winked at that a little bit where Tom Nook shows up and he gives you a tent. It and has it's never like, not been winking. Right. That game is that's that in the gameplay it's meant to be comedy. The way it rolls out from the jump has been like he starts off by being like, "Oh wow, just welcome, come on in, like I'll get you set up." And then at the end of that, he hits it's you like with you the bill. Pull the rug out from under and you. And then every time you pay off, he's like, "Ah, oh, I bet you really want an extension on on your household or an expansion or a second floor or whatever." That has always been the thing. So like, I think if that reads like as an extra wink, it's only because we are now just deep underwater in the Nook discourse. Yeah. Well, and then also he gives you a phone though, which is like yes. the, the symbol of the gig economy. Sure. And sure. so this this was the other part that. I was wondering at uh, is that to a degree Animal Crossing does have uh, these sort of loaded subtexts to it or even just loaded texts and I am curious to what degree does it use these winks to get out of like substantive engagement with some mm -hmm. of the tropes it's deploying right I mean I think one of the things that's interesting is that the gig economy or that loop in the past of like how you make money and stuff is primarily like you're not assigned to do anything by anyone that owns a store or like right. anyone that is like a business owner or owning something that is like employing you. What you're doing is favors for people who give you items that, you know, you know, theoretically in the game you can sell, but mostly you're, I guess you are kind of, but you're not, it's, you're not being employed to do it. Right. So you can collect from the world. You're collecting like fruits and fish and whatever, bugs, whatever else. And you're selling them. But nobody's giving you that instruction to do it. And um, also there's not... there The 
thing that makes this whole like the a lot of the Nook stuff unmappable in a direct like sense is that he has given you a house that you there's no interest on that house and there's no reason to ever it's completely self-motivated if you want to expand on top of that stuff yeah and it's like it's we have fun here do you know yeah. what i mean like i i i'm not saying that there is not conversation to be had yeah. there there's been good conversation there but i don't know that we have it in us having not played this new instance no. to mm-hmm. find what the new angle on tom nook is mm-hmm. from their one jokey inclusion here yeah. yeah you know um but yeah i'm really excited for it i think it looks really nice like it looks yeah. really pretty i like how they've sort of updated some of the graphics um so yeah that's my fave totally um I will, because we're not ready to talk about the last big thing there yet. I just really quick, actually, want to shout out Damon X Machina, the big robot game. That robot threw a sword. That looked kind of cool. Frame rate looked a little better. It looked a little better. I played that demo this year. The frame rate was not great uh, on the demo that came out. But I hope that they get there. There's some cool narrative stuff in the world, and which is not a thing I expected to say about that game. Also, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a people in the chat have to look this up. Excuse me. Look this up for me. There's a segment in the trailer that shows, like, all the other pilots that you can, like, pilot with that are NPCs. And I'm pretty sure one of them has the voice actor, the, the uh, English voice actor of the primary antagonist of, the, of Gundam. I think Shar Aznable is there, which would be great because in Japan, <laughs> both the hero and the, the, the protagonist and antagonist of Gundam are in that game as voice actors, as okay. rivals. Sure. So, like, make it happen, please. Just if it, I'm going to have a fan service mech game. Let me just have the fucking thing that it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me build giant robots and have them throw giant swords at things and dodge lasers and all that shit. You know, so. the simple things in the life. Sim- the simplest if, things If life. Miyazaki is not going to give you your mechs... Right, I'll take them where I can get them. Do you want to do another round? Or is there anything else that's like really obvious? There's two out? big things for Kato. Two big things? You did say there was another big one. There was another big one. Yeah, another, a second one. Yeah. Uh, another one. The, an, another one. Obviously. Yes. Pokemon. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. No. We that's what really? I yeah. <laughs> we didn't what really talk what about are you that. talking about? Yeah. So what about this Pokemon stuff do you think was like new and interesting? Oh, no, nothing really. <laughs> it was all the same. I just mean I like Pokemon. I, okay. Games so, that me were mentioned. Too. Games high five. High five. Games that were mentioned in the fucking Kato, what? You and I were sitting next to each other yeah. and I lived vicariously through you. Uh-huh. And first you were like, those are some nice buttons. Which was true, mm-hmm. but also yeah, the UI is updated. It looks really nice. Yeah, but also hunting Pokemon in the wild made you happy. You were like, yes. "This looks cool." Yes, and well, like they, weather and they they had that in the last game, and I'm really happy they kept it because it was looking like they might not, and that was awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was more of that game, and I'm very excited to play it when it does. There's come out. a corgi in it. There's a what? Name Yomper. This is true, Yomper. What? Yeah, see, this is why we have, we have to oh, make time. See, we have to watch the treehouse. Oh, I haven't seen any of the treehouse. Oh, and the Dynapokes were yes. uh, big. Big. They were big. I don't have a lot beyond that. Like, they were big. <laughs> and then occasionally to deal with the big Pokemon they were fighting, yeah. like, the other Pokemon also had to get big. Mm, big. Yeah, big. Classic one, oh, story. One, one neat thing there was that when the Arcanine got big and did a big old fire attack, that's it actually cool. changed the weather. Oh, that's cool yeah. shit. Oh, yeah, it's really right. neat. Like, you can, yeah, certain moves Spell will change. Spell effects changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's really mm. cool. <laughs> Is this, does, does this have any knock-on effects on, like, the climate? <laughs> Are we just hanging out? Just be like, we have fun here, Austin. <laughs> okay. okay, now I understand. I'm just saying I would be careful. 
or we could use it to save everyone. Maybe this is why no one in the Pokemon world is like too concerned about anything. Yeah, you know, I assume that every fire Pokemon is actually taking in, you know, all those uh, emissions, right. carbon emissions. Yeah, it's, this is why like they're 10-year-olds. safely burning it. Right, that's parents, how that works. Parents can be like, "Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> go ahead and run around the entire world by yourself. It's all going to be good. You're Pokemon 10. will protect you." Yeah, <laughs> just a better world than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Two um, big things for Kato. That was the what else was we there? Covered them. I'm, no, no, no. Hold on. I mean, there were. I really am. I'm very. I'm looking very. I'm. I'm very. I'm looking forward. I want to get to the big thing. The, Natalie, are you just the, trying to compensate because you cut off Kato before? So now you're like trying to throw. Probably. It and now Kato is sputtering here. Fire like, Emblem game looks really fucking Fire great. Not what dope. I was talking about. I know. Fire Emblem. Well, I'm dope. trying to remember what. Oh, the two big. The two other things. Yes. Those two things. Yes. Those look neat. Hold on, here's the thing. Okay. Don't just say those. <laughs> you have to the, say what the I'm things are. I'm getting there. Wall is Smash Brothers. There were two Smash Brothers uh, announcements that were really great. Uh, Dragon Quest. I never played those games, but that fighter <laughs> really looks really great. neat. No, I'm saying that fighter looks really neat, and there's a th- weird thing about like choosing magics that I'm very curious to see what actually happens there yeah, because... Yeah. That might either be just something that you can... If you can switch it on the fly during a battle, that could be really interesting. But if it's more something that you're picking ahead of time, that's a little less. It's like nice to have some customization, but sure. hopefully that it looked like it was mid-battle switching, which was really, really cool. Uh, the other one being uh, Banjo, which also looks really great. I love... Um, it's really funny. I, I super love playing as Duck Hunt, which they use to tease. and then It's such a funny moment. Unteased, it's so funny. Yeah. It's really great, and they look. It looks like it has a kind of similar, uh, weird move set between those two characters, um, and so I'm excited to try those out when they happen in the fall. In the yeah, fall. they said fall. fall. Yeah. Both of those said. Fall. I mean, it seems like what each. It's like you're getting a new character per quarter, right? right? Like you got Joker, yeah, and then Dragon Quest is this summer. Oh, then, that was right? in summer. I thought they were both fall. Uh, Maybe it said summer and I missed it. I think it. it's summer. Summer. It yeah, summer. It's also also for Dragon Quest fans. It's like well, Dragon Quest. Yeah, Dragon Quest. The Switch them? version comes out in September, I think. So. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Kings of Hyrule, which I think comes out in two days. I think it's out on yeah, Friday. I think that's true. I'm excited for that. I'm Have like a so fun trip back. I, well, and it, it just uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer is a great game that I think, despite it being very popular, somehow ended up also being overlooked. And what I'm excited about for Cadence of I Rule is like more people like realizing what a gem of a game that was. Sure. Um, that even if you aren't, uh, you don't need to be good at rhythm games to be good at that game. Um, it just uses rhythm as sort of like a core design tenant. And like just the idea of like, I hope this game is a huge success because I want Nintendo to give more leeway with developers to do things that they wouldn't do with their properties. Because I think like, Part of what made Breath of the Wild special is like it was an out of the left field, you, like reinventing something that didn't feel like Nintendo could do. And there are lots of things that Nintendo won't do. And I'd love for them to give more developers a chance to play around with their their big worlds. Totally, totally. Rob, it seemed like you had something else also. Oh, you know, Empire of Sin was there, but we should talk about that separately. We should, and I was just scratching my head. Okay. I was just thinking, though, Doug Bowser, not a bad opening. You weren't trying to just immediately fill like Reggie's shoes. Totally. You knew you had a tough act to follow, so you let the. Can you the actually obvious... redirect this to Doug Bowser? Like, look at him in the. Hey, Doug Bowser, you done all right. 
Like, it's not easy <laughs> taking over for Reggie. But, like, you leaned into the bit that was there, and you knew when to lay off it. I love that That's I good. was like, can we talk about the gangster game later? And you're like, yeah, of course. And then you slipped hey, right. Doug Bowser. Hey, Doug Bowser. Hey. You did all right. Uh, now, walking yeah. Great. At E3. At E3. That was a cute bit. That was Bowser a cute bit. was really cute. That was a cute bit. He was a bear was. Oh, uh, one small thing is that uh, I am suddenly like far more excited for the Switch Marvel game after like being so disappointed by the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Because like, wow, this game seems like it's just leaning into the weird ass way that comics can just be super over the top in yeah. a in a way that I did not. I'm gonna see that Avengers game tomorrow, and we'll see. I'm so curious. I've heard some things. Yeah, what I've heard was not necessarily that my opinion, our opinions are going to be changed by seeing a longer demo. Yeah. Kato said Miss Marvel is in that. He pointed out that yeah, he in saw... in Ultimate Alliance? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ultimate, Alliance. Ultimate Alliance has, like, everyone in it. Like, oh. really Everyone's we, here. Everyone's yeah. here. Honestly. Though, like, X-Men There was here. one character Wait. that everyone was so hyped over this morning. It was was some, it the gun lady? Because I don't know who that is. It was a, it, it was a it's a lady that when I looked up the Wikipedia entry, it um, is it the lady it pulls, from, from it's it's compared to Buffy. Is it the lady from Next Wave? Yes, yes, I yes, don't yes, know. yes, yes. Uh, what is her fucking name? One second, I'll pull it up. Because I like Elsa Bloodstone. Yes, so I know Bloodstone. her. Yeah, I know her from Next Wave, which was a fantastic Warren Ellis book from uh, 2006, 2007, back when I still read comics. Kind of an irreverent superhero team that didn't fall into like the boys or any sort of like complete like grim dark. You should, you should say if the boys is like an actual like yeah the boys yeah, is a yes. is a specific Garth Ennis comic which is being adapted to, for some Amazon yeah, series for an Amazon series now. that is like is like extremely interested in grim dark is even the wrong word it's like um if you've read, pre, if you've read preacher then yeah like you that's have a, a, a world. that's a start of the way there Bo- yeah. the boys goes much much further sure. and wants to imagine the, the world with super with people with superpowers as abusive and cruel and malicious as they could possibly be while still being framed by the society as superheroes which is a is a, a not a novel pitch to be honest like that's a story miller it's frank miller it's it's old right it's it's uh honestly it's alan moore it's it's old but ennis was like let's just turn that shit up all the way let's just be as aggressive and grotesque as we can and i don't think it works um but next wave i think works really well and people should check out next wave it's very ridiculous and fun Um, or at least it was when i read it 12 years ago. It's just the existence of a character like i i'm not pretending to be any sort of comic expert i mostly watch the mcu but like the it, Elsa Bloodstone seems like the kind of pull that's like, damn, right. like the kind of characters are putting in there, or like if you love comics, like this is going to have some really fun stuff. So right. anyway, totally. Um, so yeah, as a note on that, like X Men, Fantastic Four, and some other group, Marvel Knights, I think, were yes. all to be added later. Yeah, DLC. This fall's DLC, maybe free. I don't remember what what the I don't price was, but no. Now I'm just getting my wires crossed because. Avengers was like all the new characters will be free, but that's not what Marvel Ultimate Alliance said. So, um, should we talk about the other thing? Yeah, the deception. Our, de- our deception, the lie. Do you want to set this up? We, yeah. So we went and saw the Nintendo Direct and played Luigi's Mansion uh, uh, on Sunday, and then so the, the event started out. And this is something Nintendo's done for a couple of years now, where it's like, hey, like to get your stories ready and to just get wrap your head around what we're announcing. You know, we're going to show you the direct and you sign an NDA and blah blah blah. 
And we're Austin and I are sitting watching it, and then like the bit I don't know who was up last. I forget. We just watched it again. Um, I don't remember. But the, the, someone from Nintendo who's like doing the closing, like thank you for watching. We have so many new more games to announce soon, and we can't wait to show you. And that Cut. line can't wait to show you, and it cuts and just like the most no cool. goodbye. Yeah. You know, like we'll see you, know, like, you later. Like chink. We'll like, see you in the in the on the floor. No, nothing like that. Just like snap. D- none of that. Like none of the no logo. It was just like Bill Trinan comes on stage to then say. Hey, okay, now we're going to talk to you about... There was a PR person mentioned. that came up to like remind uh, us about the embargo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I remember turning to Austin and being like, it was a really sharp cut. But this isn't the first time this has happened. This has happened before, either last year or the year before, and I remember being like, ooh, I bet there's something else. And then there wasn't. And then there wasn't. And then this year... There was. You texted me. <laughs> so you didn't know until I texted you? No, you... Inter- yeah, you, when you texted me, I was like, ah... And then I immediately pulled it up and found a longer version of it. <laughs> Not the longer version, but the, the version of it. Patrick, you wrote, uh, let's find it here. Well, we've now talked about it. You wrote, Austin, watch the Fredirect. The Fredirect, all caps. And I said, God damn it. And you said, they've, they've lied to us. They've lied to us. <laughs> they've lied, spelled a T-H- T-H-E-Y-V-L-I-E-D. I flew past the autocorrect. I was like, they're we're lied good. to us. Uh, and we saw a teaser trailer for a follow-up to Breath of the Wild um, in the style of Breath of the Wild uh, in which Zelda and Link are descending through some caverns on a giant bison creature-looking thing. Sure. There are some cool. Shout-outs to Alpha. <laughs> there are some torches. Um, there's, there's some blue stuff there's some swirling in the swirly sky. There's some blue stuff. My guess is there are going to be some screen captures that there's I'm going to look hand. at before I go to bed tonight. There's, there's a hand... There's another hand. There's but there's a, like there's like some. It seems like there's some shit on the wall. It does seem like they probably some give some wall. some hints at like wherever like the general story is going. Absolutely. And then things go wild. There's lights. There's an arm that sort of looks like Midna's. 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 Right. From not Twilight Midna, Princess. Midna. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. Wow. I saw it again yeah. What, today. Who, who among us doesn't want them to pull from that one? Well, there was that's already... Why, that's why, as much as I agree aesthetically, it looks similar to that, I don't know that like Twilight Princess is the one that you're going to go back I really to. don't like Twilight Princess as a game. I kind of like Twilight Princess as like a aesthetic. story and aesthetic. Sure. Um, now, I, th- I think there was even the... Twi- there was the... Some weird... The Twilight Mirror shows up somewhere in Breath of the Wild. So there's already some sort of weird connection to that world. Right. I happened to run into a fan of ours today at the show who runs a, or who's part of a Zelda fan site. Okay. Uh, and he was shook. He was like, he was like, Austin. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. He's like, did you, I was like, yeah, I saw it. He's like, ah, I'm like, what did it mean? He's like, I don't know yet. We have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I was like, all right, you keep me in the loop. Yeah. Um, but it, that purple stuff looks like, Twilight Realm shit. Like the right. purple totally. swirly, totally. like the dark reddish purple. That's like some Twilight Realm if shit. Chat, if chat, if you can give us like what the Reddit analysis has Please, like updates we've been busy. on what this, what people think is happening in this. Uh, I have a theory. Sure. A lot of the blue lights reminded me of the spirit shit that's around the king. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's some sort of realm of like the dead. Do you think that's the king's body? Oh, no, fuck. I think that's He's Ganon's old body. Kings? You think it's Ganon's body? I, they had red hair. That so. The thing that this so I should finish describing it, which is I also kind of thought that originally. The the they see this head that like gains red eyes and comes to life, and you hear the sound of its neck cracking. Ah. It looks like royalty, or it looks like someone with like a, a a crown on, kind of. I think 
it's been it's been yeah. 20 minutes i've already forgotten <laughs> and then and then like eyes light up and then hard cut to a wide shot of like hyrule field um and in the distance the the hyrule castle cleansed of the calamity uh begins to shudder and shake and then you can hear it begin to move and some birds fly off to the side and then it looks like it starts to raise yeah. off the ground uh, I was just going to say it was it was a very Night King type reveal, and yes. I know that that had like that ended badly. Not gonna like sugarcoat sure. that, but it did sort of capture that moment that that moment where reality, as you know, it kind of shifts. Right, this thing right. snaps its eyes open, and it's like, okay, now something is really has on, been right. Yeah. yeah, and I think the other thing that I found really appealing there is that I loved the. Like, Breath of the Wild uh, was a gorgeous game, and I loved the almost, like, Disney take on the fairy tale version. Or, like, uh, maybe New Disney. I don't know what the the right right way to put it is, but this trailer put me in mind of, like, Sleeping Beauty type fairy tale, right? Right. Like, the darker fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Like, the the, uh, strange and eerie beauty of magic. And this put me in that place, and that's a good place. Totally. There was an early trailer that I'm not going to be able to find that, and, and I, I bet the final game also had similar phrasing to this, but I remember, here it is, I actually found it right away. This is so fucking good. Um, and this is when I knew I would like Breath of the Wild even before I played it. There is like, oh wow, Link is climbing stuff and going all over the place. And then the, the narrator cuts in, and it's the voice of what we now know as the king from Earth of the Wild, and he says, the history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of Calamity Ganon, a primal evil that has endured over the ages. And this like indelible connection between the royal family and the Calamity which in in Breath of the Wild is framed as a sort of force of nature or something intrinsic, um, is so haunting because it means that so long as there is a royal family, the calamity is there. That, that like, the, the fact that the calamity could strike at any time is not something you can defeat without also encountering the fact that there is a royal family. Well, it is a classic family curse stuff, right? right? Absolutely. The curse defines your family you remove the curse what are you right and right. uh and sorry just just pretend a moment ago i said breath of the wild is studio ghibli right. and this is ivan Durrell, i think is maybe more the, sure. the analogy I would use. okay that that seems more the uh like analogy for the style that i'm saying but mm-hmm. yeah. right 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 um there is uh there's something else here that i think struck me that was so strange and i don't this is probably a very me thing, or I don't know that this is going to be like a universal. But when I saw that, I had like a deeply emotional reaction to that trailer that I did not expect, even though for a year and a half I'd been like, oh, I'd be cool if they did a Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and of course up. they were going to make another of one. Of course yeah. they were. But though I didn't know if they were going to do another, you know, in the past, they've been like, all right, next time we're going to do like a heavy motion control thing. I didn't know if sure, it would be a, a sure. direct follow-on, right. a sequel. Which they don't really which do. Which they don't really do. Yeah. They don't really do. This is a sequel to Zelda. It's all in a chronology, like, like, a, like a link to link to the past, and then it was like how long it tore until you know a link between worlds, right? Like right. in which you have a connection between right. like very specific iterations of Zelda. But right. even that is not a direct sequel. sequel in that sense. And so, I mean, the only one is Majora's Mask, right? Yeah, Majora's Mask is a direct sequel. Is to a direct Ocarina sequel. of Time, right. but it doesn't. It's not a continuation of the story of Hyrule. Whereas right. it seems right. like this might. It's be a direct. Now. It's a sequel, but not a sequel of like. 
the evolution it, of the yeah, world. Yeah, the themes and gameplay is so different that it yeah. almost isn't, but it's technically the same. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'd be yeah. fine for this to feel like that, though right. I think whatever this is will need to be understood in context of it coming after Breath of the Wild and yeah. its narrative, right? Um, the thing that I found myself feeling after sitting with that... So I, I like... Somewhere in the middle of watching this trailer, I didn't start crying, but I came very close. I think my cab driver was very confused. Because <laughs> um, I was looking at my phone, it was like shaking. Um, and I didn't realize how much it, that game had meant to me. And that's not a perfect game. Like that, that game has a, a bunch of problems, both in terms of its design, in terms of the fact that like there's a really transphobic act in the middle of that game, uh, in terms of the fact that like I think that it climaxes really poorly. Like I think that the final fights... There's against... a reason a lot of people haven't finished that exactly, game, totally. despite putting I, I, hundreds of hours in Totally. It. Absolutely. Um, and yet, something about it was like, oh, fuck, like, this is hitting me. And then I realized I'm not shook because it means so much to me. That's part of it. But there's also some weird part of me that is like, oh no, they shouldn't have to go through this. Mm. Let them have it. What I wanted from the end of that game, I said this at the time, was like an epilogue where you see what happens after you defeat Ganon at the end of that game. And you go around the world and you check in with your and friends. Peace, and, and people are moving peace. on. But in wanting a follow-up, in wanting to follow, in wanting to you have want a mechanical follow-up. Uh, but even besides, before that even, what I'm almost asking for is like, bring more trouble into their lives for me. Like, fuck up this piece for me. I want them to have to encounter something. Or I'm asking for a thing that I never want to ask for, which is like a happy ending that says history ends here. They mm -hmm. save the day, the end. And that's never been what Zelda is about. Zelda historically is like the cycle of violence, the cycle of good versus evil. You never beat this thing once and for all. It always comes it might back. Might be generations from now, but, but it's coming back. back. There is no big final solution. And so like in wanting to follow them one more time over the horizon, I was either asking to get them into trouble or for a permanent peace, which I know cannot exist in this world. And so, to some degree, it's like, oh shit! This seeing this and seeing something that was so dark and so meant to be uncomfortable was like forcing me to to recognize my own complicity in wanting heroes to go through like tragedy or whatever. Yeah, but I think a a part of after you've sort of explained that to me when we we're talking earlier, I I. I think if I was in the right mind, like in the right place, like I was in the middle of a really crowded E3 floor yeah. trying to watch this trailer right before a meeting. So I didn't really get the time to sit with it. But watching it again after we talked, I felt like a part of me that was okay that darkness was returning was like mm. a confidence in Zelda and Link's courage yeah. and capability and like just absolute determination to overcome and like i had connected with that so deeply in breath of the wild that i it's like it's almost like i i just i i i connect so intimately with that sense of courage like literally one of the fucking triforce is courage yeah, right yeah, yeah. like it's it's like right there in the in the, the dna of the game yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the link one it's the link but one. speaking yeah of Link being one part. The other part is Zelda, who is wisdom. Yeah. Guess what else Zelda is? Short-haired. Short, she has that short hair on. She has short hair She's now. She's out in the world. She's adventuring. What does short hair mean? I don't know. What's it mean? You're ready to fucking fight if you need to. True. When I cut my hair short, I did it because I wanted to be able to fucking fight someone 
in case of something. Man, people need to not let their expectations well, well, in. Well, well, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, it's like, I'm when just, I cut my shirt, when I cut my hair, so I had hair down to like the middle of my back for my entire life. And two years ago, I cut it really short because I wanted like this, like it was a really emotional process. Hair is like very important in Latinx communities. It was really important to me. It was a big part of my identity. I cut my hair off, like made it really short. And when I saw Zelda with short hair, I like saw myself in that moment in the sense that I was like, I, I let go of like so much shit that had yeah. been with me through, like when you think about hair, I know this is like, no conversation but when you think about hair and how many memories like your hair shares with you throughout its growth and throughout time like i think of like how many how just how long time is when i think Mm. about like how long my hair was when i cut it i was like cutting off so many connections to moments in my past and memories and stuff so when i think of zelda with her haircut who and wore her hair the way she did for eons. For eons. She's never... When have we ever seen Zelda but with short hair? even the specific Zelda, the whole thing was In like, Breath of the Wild, she yes. had long hair. And was trapped in a literal fight with Ganon for a, a thousand years. years. A hundred years. A hundred yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And know. so when I think of uh, uh, Zelda with short hair, I think of someone who has let something go of, of her past. Yeah. Whether that is the inability to fight and engage in like in a very literal sense be like a playable character like it makes me so and i hope i don't i mean who fucking knows this is the thing about reading into open-ended trailers that we just talked about two nights history history shows that history shows that she will not be playable because like who, who would not love to be surprised like i would love to be surprised but i'm just saying like his the history of Hyrule, I know. the history I want, of Nintendo, the history yeah. of The Legend of Zelda I want, is that she only is playable in spinoffs. You know what she's playable in? Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah. You know what she's playable in? The Dynasty Warriors. Hyrule spin-off. Warriors. Mm-hmm. Listen, maybe we'll get uh, uh, Animal Crossing Nintendo who fixes their shit I'm just saying, ten, like, ten years like, too late. It's like, instead I feel of, like a better framing of like thinking about the yes, possibility yes. space of that game is assuming that won't happen we, yeah. because it's more likely we should not. assume that it will be actually be the most frustrating opening to a game ever she will like the like i think i texted you i was like the only thing that trailer was missing was link passing out her grabbing the sword and then cut to black okay and so I was like, but like that's the fan version of like a version of the game we want there's and, a screenshot of the of the trailer okay. in which when the hand re- it's like a split mm-hmm. second but when the hand reaches down and grabs the arm it's I think it's Link's arm because it has it looks like Link's sort of clothes and stuff so when the creepy arm like comes down and grabs the other arm I think it's Link's arm. But this is just like there was a full year yeah. and a half discussion of Breath of the Wild that the reason his like the, the the look of Link was made to be like more uh, what they neutral were, was yeah, like yeah, yeah. because like oh yeah. like it could this be is like at, Link or Link yeah right. at the same time though this is following on the heels of a Zelda game that gave Zelda a, a more heroic and active role than maybe she's had in some time maybe ever even if Where, just, like, I mean she's I close to being true. I don't know if that's true didn't wasn't she literally off adventuring all through Skyward Sword off Ocarina of Time like when you encounter what's her name was her, who right, is she right, being right, in Ocarina of Time Sheik 
She, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, totally. like, yes, yes. she is up to shit in Aquaman. Yeah, but she's so absent. Off screen. She's so <laughs> absent, and that's the right, thing that right. I think Rob's pointing to is that you have you spend so much more time watching what Zelda went through while you were yeah. gone. It's still just while you were it's, literally, it still feels like table scraps, though. Yeah, like, it mm. is. I mean, it is. It is. It's it is table scraps, but it is something that at least creates a foundation for. She's certainly more for, of a character. For, for She's a character me, with agency. For giving me like, a yeah, reason yeah. to hope. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not, I don't feel like I'm grasping at straws. I'm grasping at <laughs> what's the step above straws. Is this a screen cap? Just what the fuck is going on in this screen cap? Link reached up and then got pulled up and now it's all white and it's, wow, well, I want to know what's happening in this trailer. I know, we need to go frame by frame. I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... What what would be the absolute fucking loot worst thing to see? Hey, what? what? At second forty, I'm gonna walk us through this. You can't see because the light. At second forty six, yeah, we lit right that right there. Did you see that? Forty five. Nope. She falls. She fucking falls through the ground. Stop it. Ready? So they're reaching up. Reaching up, then cuts to here, then Link's hand gets grabbed, and we get that like, black what, and white. What, what if whatever that thing is just like traps right. her in some There's sort of... Link. Here's Zelda on the left. Can you see her? Okay. Tilt it down a little bit. Just a tiny bit. There you go. Perfect. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> fucking Fuck. hell. Fuck this fucking game. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But how? What, what if... Knows? She like this? Oh, yeah. She's what, out. Yeah. What she's if? outie. What if? She's out. But what if she's outie, and then you play them both? That would be great. Yes, look, if, if <laughs> two if, player co-op. No, 100% like split it, or, it, it, it would not be it would not be totally uh Breath uh, of the Wild 2. Two that, that had that had, right. had co-ops like the that, Wild. That would be like a really interesting Breath. expansion of like the concept of Breath of the Wild. Yes. So the idea that you suddenly had Link and Zelda as playable characters that the player could just swap between and they're both capable, like that's not a you know it would be very compatible with what they're doing, but mm-hmm. I also just like Feel like did we do this every fucking <laughs> Thank time? Thank you to the Zero Crescent for saying back into the left. Uh, that's where my head was. So gonna, anyway, it's its own version of the Sonic cycle. In a year, we'll have yes. way more to say because it'll show any of this fucking game. I, yeah. Yes, Rob. I don't know. I just I don't necessarily know that Natalie's read or the meaning she's getting from it is dependent necessarily on Zelda being playable. Like the story, like. I, like there's there's a broad there's a broader issue here with the fact that Zelda's never playable that Link is always presented at least by and large as a little boy who becomes the hero and saves the kingdom but I don't know I just also feel that there's something powerful here about like knowing what Zelda's role was in the last story and then having her sort of like be the leader into the darkness of this trailer I don't know. I, sure, but, but me, I can't get. Let me participate in that strife. Like, let yeah. me participate and engage with that struggle. Aside from just being a fucking voyeur and like observing it constantly. Like, yeah. that's the thing for me. That yes, I can still be able to recognize that Zelda has taken care of shit and has like kept the world together when nobody else could. But until I can share in that. It's just, it's not, it's not going to be enough. It's like, it's, it's better than it's been, but it's not enough. Well, part of what's frustrating about Breath of the Wild and what makes this, like, as our imagination thinks about it, is that Breath of the Wild actually gave, like, the gap between what, like, Breath of the Wild gave Zelda as a character relative to other 
Zelda games was right. huge. Like like the other games, she is literally you know there's Sheik in Ocarina of Time. It happens all so off screen that like you don't get a ton right. with her. Like yeah. her. Part of the response to Breath of the Wild is that like oh they gave a little bit to her and look what look look what how much it enhanced like the story like right. how much it like filled out the world and even Link as a character becomes better yeah. by like Zelda being like a more fleshed out character who's struggling agency, with, has done yeah. things you have empathy for her you have sympathy for her and so I think that's where like I get frustrated even in the speculative part of it because it's like okay history is showing it won't happen but part I think Breath of the Wild's as good as it was even on a storytelling perspective that's disconnected from the world stuff was wow you gave her just a little bit to do and look how much it did for a story because ultimately Breath of the Wild didn't have much of a story right sure and part of what I find interesting about and the about, core story really was like if you look at just like the series of cutscenes that you get from the memories mm-hmm. it is Zelda trying to come to learn how to use the, her magic struggling to do that meeting the champions who are there to serve her her trying to draw strength from them including from old friends like Urbosa and then like eventually coming into her own and holding Ganon at bay and, and then and I, and I do wonder if this I, I don't I'd have to go look through the or maybe someone can point out the history of like how Nintendo has marketed previous Zelda games especially when they are first shown mm. but I my sense is as someone that has liked a lot of these games watched a lot of the marketing of these games it is not usually the case that the this is a very like story focused mythology focused yeah. way to yeah. introduce the next game like a lot of what is like being shown here is like oh this is perhaps some deep dark secret related to Calamity Ganon, related right. to something that Hyrule has been hiding that maybe is potentially part of a, like a, you know, a, a, a family curse. Or, right, right, right. Literal right. skeletons in the closet. Literal skeletons. <laughs> right, yeah, totally, right. Totally, right. totally. And I, I will say like, when I started thinking about what that actually means like for the game itself, like outside of the Zelda part, is uh, maybe there, it's, it's less about what's happening above the surface and maybe there's a whole world beneath the surface. Right. And like the castle coming up is you know there's been speculation like what if you go underground and like that's where like the proper dungeons are right. and stuff mm. like that right totally mm. as a just as like a quick comparison looking back at the E3 2014 like reveal of what Breath of the Wild was it's way more about the game it was Eiji Aonuma it was like two minutes of them being like here's the history of Zelda here's what Zelda past Zeldas were then it was Eiji Aonuma literally being on on in front of a green screen basically a green screen like a Twitch streamer and behind him was Link on a horse with like a beautiful vista and then it kind of cuts away and like zooms in and Link rides the horse away and the fire starts propagating and the Guardian shows up and it's this big action thing. And like, yeah, this is definitely something that's a little bit more leaning on lore and also having Zelda there being an active thing is not yeah. nothing, but I am I think I'm with you, Natalie. Like, yeah. for me, I it's not a... It says so much about what the studio's priorities are and yeah. the thing I want to do is like see what her role is and, and play as her and, and yeah. ideally have new verbs and old verbs on the table for her specifically. Yeah. The thing is... I, I wouldn't have imagined that these trailers would have been similar at all because one, we're, we're, they're developing in the same engine right. as Breath of the Wild, so there's not really a huge reason to make a gameplay-focused, like, mechanics-focused trailer. And also, at the time, like, Breath of the Wild is being promoted alongside the Switch, and it was right. like... What what does the switch mean in terms of gameplay, and what is Breath of the Wild going to do to engage with that and have a conversation with that? So, I think that they're coming at different moments in time in which we know what the switch can do for the most part, right. and like 
interesting iterations on that are going to be secondary to whatever like this this breath of the wild is 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 mythology like incarnate it is like absolutely materializing like mythologies that we've that they've gestured to for years and that's why i think that the framing makes sense in 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 a next step rather than looking at the way that they promoted breath of the wild originally so i think it would be interesting to go watch like majora's mask ones or like ones in the past that um, you know, even a Skyward Sword one, which was like very Jordan's mechanically, like a very plot-driven, character-driven. Yeah, story, it's right? very plot-driven. Like, I mean, the time, the time manipulation yeah. mechanics, but like that is like very much about like the characters of this world, the story of like totally. this particular world in yeah. a way that I'd love to see that layered on top of what already was good about Breath of the Wild. I briefly want to shout out the incredible PC mod scene for Breath of the Wild. If people haven't been paying attention to that, people who run Breath of the Wild on on emulators, there's like a really strong, uh, really like complete Linkle mod now where you can play that game as Linkle with a bunch of... Linkle was the the fam link uh ca- like in the character dynasty, yeah, Hyrule in Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. I never played Hyrule Wars. I don't know I what did. her backstory is. I what's her deal? Uh she uh is like a, a girl who comes from a small town slash village or okay. whatever and has dual crossbows. She's fucking tight but has no story about her. Um right. And so like the most recent mods of that seem really, really cool and complete down to like characters changing dialogue for her and That's stuff cool like that. So really cool that's cool yeah um i have one more thing about the nintendo direct yes uh luigi goos himself and gooigi comes out and austin showed me some haunted images that we are not going to get into we played that game yes luigi's mansion 3 looks uh well you guys played it it looks like more luigi's mansion and i mean that in like a like a very someone that like liked Luigi's yeah. Mansion a lot. Uh, didn't play the 3DS one because mostly at that point I just didn't want to play, play the on 3DS, 3DS anymore. Yeah. Um, I played it. It and was okay. Wished, and wish the Luigi's Mansion port that they did for 3DS was just on the Switch. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we I played like 20 minutes of the single player and we played a little bit of the multiplayer, which was the multiplayer was like, eh, I got. You know, it's it was it, fine. It, a long line of Nintendo putting in multiplayer it stuff was, to their games that like see, is superfluous in a way that I don't know who this is for, other than just to put in something. There was a moment in the Q and A when someone's like, "Hey, like, so when I get those points at the end, when I get money in the multiplayer. Can I use it to like upgrade it? You know, just to see who got the most money in the round." Yeah, and it's like, and I'm not even saying that you need that to have a good game. I bet we could have a lot of fun as this group playing yeah. that game together. Yeah, yeah. once in a while. But if you want to sustain an online scene, yeah. there has to be something there. Right. Um, it, that comes off as like a party game. Yes, totally. Um, I love that they added updated combat mechanics that are just like new. That slam is fun. The slam looks really fun. You're literally controlling the game. There is there are, there are precious few other Nintendo games in which like it is using so many buttons in so many different ways. Where mm-hmm. like even like halfway through playing it, I was forgetting what to press because yeah. it's just there are like a. a so many different things you can be doing at any yeah. given time between you know flashing the ball uh, the, the the ball with the the ghost to, to freeze them pulling them in and when you're pulling them in it's not just holding a button it's using the analog stick to go in the opposite direction that yeah. they're pulling in or yeah. to fill a meter yeah. and then you can slam them you can throw them it's uh it's a really underrated game that um is so funny to think about now given that when that game <clears throat> Luigi's Mansion came out for the GameCube it was the 
launch game for the GameCube back when like launch games were like this huge fucking deal because that's like what sold the machine out of the gate. And Nintendo had historically always shipped them with Mario games. It was Mario 64, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World. And then Luigi's Mansion was the GameCube launch game. And the fans were just like, no, no, thank you. And like Luigi's Mansion was essentially rejected by as a as a uh, uh, a game for the GameCube became a cult hit over time. Yeah, right. it's really like good. Wind Waker. What yeah. the fuck were speed, people on? Speed run and speed runs of Wind Waker are really good too. True. Um, speed runs of Luigi's Mansion are really fun to watch. There was also uh, uh, there's not much to say about Luigi's Mansion except like it's fun. I'm excited to play more. But yeah. I will say like there was a brief uh, <laughs> moment in the Q and A where no one had much to ask about Luigi's Mansion. It was like we have ten minutes, and it was just like a long wait to fill in those 10 minutes because yeah. they explicitly said and you cannot ask any questions about the Nintendo Direct or anything else other than Luigi's Mansion <laughs> even though Power Move by the first person the who first asked a question person. was to ask something that had nothing to do with Luigi's Mansion oh, and like oh ask God. about streaming it was about Stadia was like, and streaming it. Yeah, yeah it was beautiful they I just, just you describing uh-huh. this made me remember that you that Bill Trinan was the one who who was taking the Q and A yeah. along with someone else from Treehouse. Who I always forget his name. Nate. Nate. Something. Something. Nate's great. Nate has been yep. at all those events and has always been really cool. I ran into Bill today on the show floor, and I was like, "Wow, like incredible job keeping that from us, Bill." And he was like. Yeah, I was, I was wondering uh, if people would have noticed. I was like, Patrick and I in the in the audience while watching that direct in front of you, like we're like, it feels like they cut something off. He's like, I was sure someone was going to ask us, <laughs> ask me. I had an answer prepared, and I was like, oh, you should have done it. We should have asked. That's extremely funny. God damn. But I uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw Nintendo a bone. I was like, I'll ask a question, and because Aww. I thought there was uh, there was an interesting thing when they were setting up why they wanted to focus on Luigi's Mansion. Because when you go to these pre-events, they don't let you play the whole lineup. It's just one game. Like, and so they've got like 40 kiosks set up with one game. And the one game is Luigi's Mansion. And like when Bill Trinan set up uh, Luigi's Mansion, he, uh, he said like, oh, the second one, Dark Moon on 3DS. Like that game sold 6 million copies. Did it really? Yeah. Right. And, so, and the reason they were saying that yeah. was like in a sense of like, you probably thought like no one, f- or like it was just a modest hit. It yeah. wasn't like... Six million copies is a lot. That's a lot. Copies. Yeah. And so my question was like, oh, like, is there something you found about like the audience for Luigi's Mansion that the reason you would pull that stat out is that, you know, it's not just hardcore gamers. Like there's like a larger audience for yeah. Luigi than that would allow it to sell six million copies. And like for one, they were like, <laughs> sorry, if I hadn't laughed, I wouldn't yeah, go ahead. Kids love Luigi. Which Kids I and? buy. Kids and females love, love Luigi, Luigi is what we were told by Nintendo. And I'm I'm being this is hyper specific in my in my wording that females love Luigi. I was like, oh, I, Luigi's probably deeply proud. Natalie's <laughs> 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 like, how they know? <laughs> oh, Luigi. I will give no comment. Okay. Luigi can jump. <laughs> He now can do that now. He has a he has ability. a jump button. It's a burst button. It's when he farts. It's when he farts. That's, okay. All the ladies love him, and the kids. It's only females. Only females. Females. All the single females. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird. Anyway, stay away from a man if he says females. Let me tell you. 
That's what Zelda says too. <laughs> Ganon be saying fuck, females. Fuck turfs and stay away from. Yeah, God, uh-huh. I wish fucking Zelda would say fuck turfs. If Breath of the Wild Two came out, I was like, yo, fuck turfs. I got some I opinions would... about Breath of the Wild One. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be incredible. Um, should we? We should take a break. We should take a break. You have to go though. I you do. Want, can we talk? Want, we could be fast. We, take, we take Borderlands and then we take a break. We could be fast with that. We're gonna take Borderlands. We're taking it over. Get out of here, Randy. <laughs> I'm sympathetic for I the people who work for he wasn't there, I don't Good. think, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, yeah let's do Borderlands and then we'll All take right. a break. So Natalie Cotto and I went this morning to see Borderlands 3. We had a presentation by a very eager art lead uh, who showed us and pitched us that game. Who did a, as good of a job as anyone could pitching a game that is still fundamentally like, yo, check out all these guns! Um, they specifically pitched today like, hey... The focus on Borderlands 3 is that you're going to be able to go to different planets. You have kind of a hub that is a spaceship that takes you from world to world. And then they focused in you're on... You're leaving whatever the planet is for who the knows? first time. Does anyone know? Pandora. Pandora, Pandora. Pandora, Pandora. Panda. Thanks. Um, Panda, Pandora, Pandora. Yeah. Um, and that you will... Uh, there's like They focused in on uh, one of the characters. Previously, they'd shown off the character who has kind of magic powers, the siren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'd shown off the dude, the white dude. The white dude. Gun, uh, Mr. Op- Guns. Operator. The, the, op- the operator. Mr. Guns would be a good Mr. name, Guns. though. See, Mr. and if they had Guns. just gotten... Yeah, anyway. Uh, today they showed off Moe's, who is a lady with a mech. Who's, she's the gunner class. She's the gunner class who can summon a mech. And it was like, all right, all right, let's see. Let's see what your mech is. Let's see if you can get me You played board. the Mac, right? I did play the Mac. It's called the like Iron Bear, right? Or it's called the Iron Bear. How did you know that? It was in a... I was sitting next to you when we watched a trailer and someone... Po- Rob pointed out, that's a pretty good name for a Mac. Okay, it was a pretty good name for a Mac. That is her ability. So she can like summon that as like her, su- her super meter fills up. She summons that. And then she... Uh, her skill tree is basically a bunch of different weapons. Like the top ability is a bunch of different weapons you can equip on left arm and right arm on that mech. And then all the abilities are um, about... Stuff that she can do both in the mech and outside the mech around things like doing adding flame damage to the ammo or like not consuming ammo when firing guns. Like she's just like a gun character, uh, by and large. Like I know that's a big thing because Borderlands is the gun game, um, but she seemed fine. We played that game for twenty minutes. Our mission was to find parts to build Claptrap a girlfriend. God damn it! Was that really it? That was really our mission. I don't know if you. I did noticed. not even notice that, that part was like of it. The, that and wasn't the mission. That was can like, we say what we're fighting against? Yeah. There's no embargo on any of that shit. Oh, okay, we're fighting against influencers. <laughs> no, clap. We're off to a bad start. Yeah, so like my favorite say. horror movie. Uh, Our enemies are a cult. A cult called the Children of God. No, Children, no, children of, of something. Of, of the Vault. Guns. Children of the Vault. Yeah, Children, children of, of the Vault. Uh, who are, children of Souls. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Influencers. Our, they're influencers. They're influencers. They're Twitch streamers. They're Twitch they're streamers. They're literally Twitch streamers. We were literally being told, like, we're live streaming. Or we'll be back like tomorrow with really? a Let's Play. Yeah, dead Wait, ass. Uh, no, dead sorry, ass. sorry. A Let's Slay? Yeah. I didn't write the joke. A moment of silence I'm just... for comedy. <laughs> ben Shoemaker in the chat says, females love claptrap. <laughs> True. Fuck. But they ain't robots now, is they? So don't do him <laughs> don't, a lot of good. No. Um, no, hold on. I don't think it makes a difference to claptrap. Okay, how... 
was this a gag or was this yeah, or a, the, yeah what, no, okay. like, was it a gag that like ha huh, for this mission you're up against influencers or you no, get that, a sense they're that they're the two they're, they're a faction they, they're right? the faction as it was pitched to us today oh. the bad guys in this game is the, on the fucking cover celebrity are, church are like the twin the two twins who run this celebrity church called the children of the vault they're like the faces in the clouds on the cover art that's why, like, the cover... That's why like, the other cover is, like, um, the pseudo-Jesus figure, but instead of the kind of heart, uh, there's just a grenade, but he still yeah, has, like, the three yeah, of his hands. Like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. This Dr. Disrespect thing is a plant, right? It's viral. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to get banned. Yeah. He's going to no. start a new cult. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It's... Uh, that doesn't sound very funny. I have never really... I've never really clicked with those games um, at all, and I have tried. I've played with friends, and it's always fun when I play with a friend because that's a lot of video games. Because yeah. you end up totally ignoring the writing and yeah. just like shoot through things and like yeah. enjoying the I skills and this stuff. But year, yeah. like two months ago, I was looking for a game to play with my brother because um, we live in different places, and we both like he had Borderlands, and it was inexpensive on uh, like PS plus or whatever. And I always, I didn't really know a lot about them, but I played it for like a couple hours and it was just fucking insufferable. Like, it's just not a humor that will make me ha ha in any way or fashion. So being there today, like it was fun to play with him. I like schluters. I've come to learn. Um, but then a couple a month ago we started playing Destiny and that shit is fun as fuck. Hell and yeah. guess what? Not wow. grimy and gross. Hell so, yeah. From my understanding so far, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. Kato also likes Destiny. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> cool. Um, we should play know, sometime. I there's something <laughs> tough about making like influencers because i think you left it there's two ways i think the joke can go really wrong yeah there's more than that but like here's the two that i'm, <laughs> I'm sort of focusing on uh one is that it can come, come across as a really kind of bitter joke about just despising like what has become culture yeah. and uh and i'm not sure borderlands is the series that can make that joke right like you don't like you're not actually that part, that far apart, far removed from the kind of humor that is blown up on like Twitch. Yeah, and, and who the fuck right. is gonna are gonna play these fucking games? Right. Well, that's the other thing. It's like you know, we they know had it. pods set up so you could log into your Twitch account and play Borderlands right. Three live from the show floor, right. To your followers, so it ends up being like this really ingratiating joke. Uh, and then the other part of it is, I can also see it being just a little bit mean-spirited about there's a lot of people who like stream and uh you know rec- like cut youtube videos just because that is their creative outlet and they're not you know what i mean they're trying they're yeah. not trying to embrace some sort of like streamer or influencer lifestyle yeah. they're just trying to like make their creations and yeah. share them and like have a relationship with a community and making like if the joke is look at this instantiation of everything that's fucked yeah. up about like the narcissistic edition uh, yeah. of the internet we have right now, I don't know if that's a really good gag either. I don't, I don't think they're talking to them, honestly. I don't think it, like, I know it technically is under the umbrella, but I do think it's, it is in more of a conversation with sort of this like mega influencer that is, you know, 
con you know it's i think it's yeah. a different the pauls the yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. down yeah. to the fact that the the members of the cult feel like they are being misled and being like exploited and being taken advantage of and like that's yeah. the direction they're going in Wait, in some how did way. you get that? Because they're just being misled that like they're not fucking gods. They're being sent to fucking die in arenas against you while the two twins who run that cult are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't give a fuck about this. Oh, wait, it's two wait. twins running the cult? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. All right. I, yeah. They're just, the it's just one of those things where it's like they don't care that they're sending their people to die against oh, you. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. exploited in the Marxian sense. Oh, okay. Exploited in the like shitty cult, cultists. Cult leaders who take advantage of the people who come to their yeah. to their churches right, or to, right, their, right. to their gatherings. We is there anything else there? Those abilities seemed okay. I wish we got to play multiplayer. I played yeah. the siren character who is what I played when I played recently, and I didn't get to do much sireny stuff because you start out with no abilities so like and three like, ability points or something. Yeah, Total. and like you can't really unlock much with that. That's like. Super interesting. Um, I also had a gun. <laughs> I was like, the gun they give you to start with was. This, this... You had a different gun than me. We had all we had okay. different So, guns, my yes. gun that they gave me to start with was a gun in which, at some point, which I could not figure out what the point was, but when you re- when you would go to reload, it would just throw the gun as a grenade. Yeah. And I just kept throwing my gun when I was trying to reload. That's really good. Great. And That's I would be like, really good. I would be like running away from enemies, like trying to reload, take cover, and I'd just be throwing grenades <laughs> at myself. Like I'd be throwing grenades into like loot boxes and stuff because I was trying to and reload. Do you have to go pick it up again? No, it no, blows up. no. That oh, would be really funny oh, though. I thought you were like it's a grenade. You like some. So this was in Borderlands okay. 2. I thought That's you were the, like actually. This like, is a really good I joke. I need my gun. This is a. <laughs> Why really, do I keep throwing my gun? I was this very is confused. A really good joke, I like tr- I was but. Like, like every other good joke in Borderlands Three, it was from 2012 when Borderlands <laughs> Two came out. Yeah. Okay. And like, there's nothing new here. Even that, which is like, I saw you see that for the first time, and it was like, holy shit! Like this, this is you seeing it for the first time. But if if but you my so, face was just like, it wasn't even landing because it didn't communicate <sighs> it to you in that way. Oh, who knows? Maybe the maybe like the write ups on those guns will get better before launch. Well, maybe I just didn't see. No, it my gun or, also was doing some weird yeah. shit that it didn't say in the description. It like shot a laser beam every six shots, but like nowhere in the write up did it explain that it was doing that. So. If my gun was exploding randomly, I would also have been confused. <laughs> and Kata, you played the third character, or did you yeah. also play the mech? No, no, I played the um, operator, which was, uh, it, it definitely feels like the class built to play solo. Oh, uh, interesting. Because you have a, a clone, a digital clone that you can leave in spot, and it actually does damage. Like, it shoots, it's not just like a, like a Mirage-style thing. It's actually shoots enemies, and you can, cool. uh, which is useful for, like, flanking, and then you can actually switch places with the clone which swap which is fun but yeah. it was just like this only seems interesting alone i feel like you it would it, it felt overpowered if you were in a group because mm. you would never get hurt very easy to circumvent all that i'm glad randy pitchford wasn't there and yeah. i didn't have to like see anyone try any fucking magic <laughs> not yet could we, you imagine he'll yeah. be back he dun, will dun, be. Dun, dun, dun. Oh wow! Is there Terminator dun, DLC dun, dun, for dun, dun. Borderlands Three? Also, <laughs> probably, probably, probably. We'll see. We should take a break. I'm gonna get a drink and go to the bathroom, and then I'm we'll gonna come. leave. Natalie's gonna leave. We'll be back later this week. Yes, last day probably. Uh, Hopefully Thursday. We were seeing something on Thursday. We are doing something on Thursday. We're seeing Nintendo stuff on Thursday. And we have another thing happening on Thursday. 
we do have another thing happening on Thursday. At night. At night. People will see us Stay on the tuned. internet twice in one night. Wow. Yeah, wait. So are we going to... Okay. We'll try to record first. Thank you so much for we listening. We will record first. We'll record something first. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much I'm not for... record something after that. Thank you so much for listening to me talk about video games on the internet. You can find me online at Natalie Watson, and I'm leaving. So, <laughs> goodbye. It's a threat. At Rob Zachney on Twitter. You're not. <laughs> no, you're, you're staying. You have to stay, Rob. We're taking a break, and then we're going to talk about Empire City. We like nine games to talk about. We are going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Good luck. I'm going to drink my beer and leave. She interrupted me again. Great. Oh, yeah. Somebody interrupted you. I've been known. <laughs> Something. Uh, oh. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? Cyberpunk 2077, Empire of Sin, Doom, Wolfenstein, Doom, Wolfenstein, Vampire Bloodlines 2, uh, uh, Breakdown, no, Breakout, no, Breakpoint, 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 Bleeding Edge, nailed it, nailed it, alright, we'll be back, peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we are back to talk about E3 Day 1 here in the house waypoint. Los There's two more days. There are two more. We've only been here one. There's only been one day. We've always been at War with E3. Um, I couldn't see all of it today. So Oh, there's no way. Should we should we talk about this? I think we need to talk no, about this. Okay. Can we do that? Can we do this as the wrap up? We have so many games to get to. You're probably right. Maybe tomorrow there'll be more. Patrick, you talked about the sea of indie games. You looked across a sea of games at E3, and I was like, where did you go? Indie Indiecade exists. Well, and Indiecade and Nintendo's indie section has like Those are the two my two hopes for this E3. Yeah. But you also played a bunch of the game, like Doom Eternal, yes. Wolfenstein. Yeah, so this was the actual dilemma for me. Or not dilemma, but but that has not normally happened. That is the big difference. I've been to Judges Week twice before, twice before, three times before, whatever. And each time it's been like, wow, yeah, some cool stuff there. And then I get here and there's still a ton of shit to play. Less so this year. Well, Sony's usually has like a giant indie showcase of stuff. Like that's not here this year either, right. so... And we have too many, we can't we cannot have we can have the E three discourse when we're closing. Let's out finish. E3. Let's do it on the last day. You could just put your hands out in a T pose and spin around anywhere, and you won't hit anything except a lounge. Except a beautiful lounge that has drinks for a reasonable price. So actually, best E <laughs> three. Best E three. There was a band playing the um damn what they're called the, oh, the jazz souls bros the super soul super brothers. brothers yeah yeah. Uh, they're all right. They're all right. They played um, the Kingdom Hearts song. Yeah. Dearly no, Beloved. Fucked me up. That was great. Also, I didn't know electric clarinets were things. So electric clarinets cool are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Really, any instrument you can think of. Oh, thank you, Kato. That was a new thing to me, though. <laughs>
I didn't know that. I'm just, I'm you, just, no, I'm just like, informing just, you. There's more me, out there. Just let me be tickled by the novelty of it. Like, I, I, I agree. It, it is cool. Electricity. Yeah. Damn. And, and yeah. Just wait till you hear anyway. about the electric sousaphone. Ooh. I can't. Sousaphone. No. I can't go down that road. I want to know more though. I, really do. <laughs> I also want to know more, uh, and I did want to know more about Empire of Sin, a the new game by Romero Games, Romero Productions. Brenda and John Romero's company? That wasn't in my notes, Austin. Check the email. I'm just going to Google it. Published uh, by Paradox Romero Interactive. Games. Published by Paradox. Uh, Empire of Sin is a game that takes place between 1920 and 1933 in Chicago. Uh, you play as an up-and-coming mobster, a boss, someone who wants to expand their control over the neighborhood. They made lots of comparisons to Jagged Alliance 2. Uh, and that makes sense as the game blends tactical combat with a sort of strategic overworld map as you take over um, uh, brewer, not brewer, uh, breweries is one of them, breweries, brothels, uh, uh, gambling dens, gambling dens, uh, speaks. So you're looking for another B there? Union, not actually unions. You start taking over the cuts you get from unions from other gangsters and protection rackets. Um, as you expand your control against the other mobsters. Um, Rob, what do you think of that? Uh, my hopes were measured going in, and so I don't want to be like totally carried away on the side of enthusiasm here, but it was one of the better games I saw all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked really promising. My complaints are all just polish and feel type things, but yeah. that's, like, that's all stuff that can be changed with time. Uh, but in terms of what it's doing first of all like referring back to Jagged Alliance 2 a lot is great and uh, you know I felt scouted like I felt like someone had done their work that's in Brent Romero's background I know it is I know but I'm just saying that there was when it was deployed it was one of those things like oh you fucking saw me (laughs) yeah Uh, but I also think these are people who also like uh, return to that game a lot for inspiration I think the thing that's really exciting here is that organized crime games are tough to do and there have been multiple attempts at them uh, and really even Pizza Tycoon I think had an organized crime element of, of all things. Yeah, his classic adaptation of The Godfather, right? Yeah, but, but right, this is, so the thing you run it up against with a mob game is that there's two things you want and they're, they're kind of incompatible in most game designs. One is you want the hit, Right, you want Miller's Crossing, yeah. uh, the Tommy Gun scene. Uh, you want James Khan just getting, you know, whacked at a toll booth. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the other thing you want is the significant looks and long silences between two mob bosses talking. The things, you know, you want uh, De Niro beckoning uh, Henry Hill's wife to just come in a little further into the warehouse and the menace of that. So, how do you do that? Uh, it's tough to do, but most most games have not managed to do it at all. Here, what is cool is they seem to be adding a little bit of like Crusader Kings elements to the entire thing, a little bit of proc gen like relationships between characters. It was very funny to see this demo a day after seeing the Watch Dogs Two demo. When sure. Like within the first five minutes so like well okay this character has this these relationships here is who their lover is here is like who they work for here's what their allegiance is here's how you could bring them over to your side and it's like yeah okay this is a similar toolbox or are they on your side or are they 
which is this was the other thing. Like Austin and I looked at each other like, "Damn, we need to get the Watchdogs people in here right now." <laughs> because yeah. he made this point. Uh, we, you know, we're sort of talking about the great mob movie touchstones, and we talk about like, you know, spoilers. The Godfather one ends with uh, one of. Uh, Michael Corleone's like top lieutenants being found out as a traitor and uh, you know getting uh, killed as he settles all family accounts, and that is again like a tough thing to do. Like having sort of an unreliable like how do you have an unreliable lieutenant? Mm-hmm. Uh, here it looks like you can have somebody working in an organization who is basically a turncoat turncoat and is working for someone else. Uh, while they still appear as a member in good standing as like an officer of your mafia organization. Uh, so like having that unreliable like uh, you know unreliable information about how committed your mafia totally. OCR to you is really cool and important for a game like this. I will say that I love all of that stuff. I love all a lot of the strategic layer made me super excited. Um, the idea of like expanding your territory and having sit downs with rival mob bosses where you decide like hey, Maybe, you know, I actually go into debt with you when I start bringing in your alcohol into my establishments. And that way we both kind of, we kind of, uh, maybe there isn't one king of this neighborhood yet. Maybe we continue to build a loose alliance between each other. The idea of taking over Chicago neighborhood by neighborhood is interesting. The idea of different mob bosses who have different abilities and specialties, specifically a mix of historical ones and then ones that are more, uh, the specific language they use was inspired by the tensions of the time. Uh, which is why there are a number of women who are uh, mob bosses you can play as, and a number of characters of color uh, who you can play as who are not directly drawn on famous Chicago era uh, uh, mobsters from this 1920 to 33 period, but who are either influenced by other mobsters uh, of that type, right. or specifically like, hey, we know that you know what it was to be black in Chicago at that time was a thing, so we want there to be black characters. We pushed on that a little bit. This is not a game where like. Italian mobsters are not going to want to go work with the African-American mob. Um, they're not modeling racism. They're not modeling like ethnic, even, even Irish-Italian beef, which is absolutely a thing at that point, right? They really they're are just all saying in, like the, those traditional alliances, that hit, the historical record on that is kind of thrown out in terms of a new system that and, they're building. And also in terms of diversity. Like they're very upfront. They're like, we want a diverse game. We want a game where people can play the characters they want to play, which is like, I'm, I'm here for that. I, I think some it's level, Some level either like you either go in one direction and they have to see all the way through. And can you stick the landing on it? And I don't know that they're confident they would be able well, to make that game. And not even, can you stick the landing on it to the point where people can't play it? Like I'm going to play this game as like, a raging racist (laughs) and like be like this is awesome because my like all Irish let's be clear there's people are still gonna play that way yeah people they absolutely are right there's nothing stopping you from doing like I'm gonna be the all Irish mob and I'm gonna kill black people on site but it's one it's another for the game to say like this is how you should play the game because this is the character you're playing right yes totally absolutely you get bonuses when blah 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 the part of the game that I actually am a little still like eh on is so they pick Al Capone and one of Al Capone's big things is that he's really good at combat. And in fact, all of the bosses that we saw were like extra HP. They, the, they had better weapons. It was in this way the opposite model of Watch Dogs. In fact, one of the big specific things was like boss, boss characters, the heads of these families, the heads of these organized crime organizations could level up all the way, whereas their lieutenants 
and they're like the kind of soldiers were class-based like the watchdogs mm, characters okay so there's literally the opposite thing of that so on one hand i think like yes the watchdogs team could learn something from empire of sin which is you never know when you're going to get betrayed you can never be certain that the the interests of those who have aligned themselves with you actually align with your with you on the other hand the thing that watchdogs has going is this idea that like no there is no one superhero al capone is a particularly talented individual at a particular moment of history who maybe had a certain set of skills that was very useful but he is not literally someone with more hit points than the people in his employ, which is what this one is. Um, and also the tactics seemed like, yeah, there's tactics here. There's stuff I liked. The idea like of a Frozen Synapse-style living city, Frozen Synapse 2-style living city, where you could just walk around the city wherever you want in real time and stuff could pop off if you walk across the wrong like part of the neighborhood. Do you walk where, like, as an individual character or like a you're it's like a, a car it's like a or so it's like it's like a real time strategy game where you like control click or a, a kind of um drag uh, over a bunch of people and then click somewhere on the map. Oh, okay. Or you can zoom out to a, like, a neighborhood-wide view and be like, hey, I want to go from this house to this house. I want to take a car, a cab, or public transit. Okay. And those are in decreasing order of safety. Okay. Um, so shit can just pop off anywhere. And the one instance we saw was there was a sit-down between Al Capone and a rival mobster. Ronnie or something. Ronnie, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the end of that sit-down was like, take this guy out back and deal with him. And they didn't do that. Instead, they're like, all right, everybody, go out back. Square up. <laughs> Square You're up. Okay, and, then, and, then it's, and then it's like, get those grids. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And I think that, that was the underwhelming part. Now, apparently there are ways that you can just like arrange one of those meets to go bad and start the combat like right there in the office. Yes. But it did, that did feel a little bit hokey. Um, I also think one of my reservations is that combat in, ga- in games like this now has to feel good. Yeah. Like, it has to be yes. violent and impressive and not just in the violence they showed us where, like, you can do an execution move on somebody and, like, uh, like Al Capone pulls out a straight razor and cuts a wounded guy's throat and there's blood everywhere on the screen. Does that and feel it, like a little bit of, like, the Doom sort of, like, gratuitous no, violence or... Maybe, well, they also had a thing where they were like, but if you do that often enough, uh, you might get a trait where you're, like, a serial killer and you just go like ape shit during a battle and you couldn't be like and even start like maybe even attacking other members of your organization that doesn't make a lot of sense there was a step to it where they're like if you do this a lot maybe your character becomes cruel and I'm like oh okay okay. yeah Yeah, you know what yeah I bet Cutting people's throats seems like a thing where you do that enough, it maybe you get a little cruel. Yes. And they're like, you keep doing it, you become a serial killer. <laughs> like, Ooh. And then you might just kill your friends in the middle of a friendly backyard <laughs> fight, gunfight. And it was like one of those things that's like... The backyard gunfight. <laughs> I love that series. I love that series. I, you know, I mostly put their entertainment Nicole stuff. Nicole Clark, uh, recently read Profile. Uh, yeah, and so I, that, that stuff was a little bit hokey. Uh, I also just think... Like, a lot of it felt very much like the pauses were too long. It was just kind of a sluggish-looking yeah. tactics game. Yes. And what you need in a game like this is, like, Tommy Gun should be loud. And there should, you know, again, if think back to things like Miller's Crossing. These things have to be kind of explosive. Like, you're in a civil environment. It's quiet. It's peaceful. Right. And then all hell breaks loose. Yes. And that should be kind of explosive. Instead, what you have... Is combat that felt a little bit lackadaisically paced as people moved around and it went like 
pop, yeah. pop. Yeah. And then it reminded it reminded me of the era of tactics games between the new XCOM and like Jagged Alliance Two, yeah. where like we were just scraping the barrel to get what we could fucking get. And I even even things like Final Fantasy Tactics are games that I loved in that era, but they were they did not feel dangerous in that same way. They were trying to do something different, you know. Like I was like, they're cool abilities, absolutely, but it's like a fantasy game, right? Uh, to me, it, uh, sorry, to me, it all felt like. Right after XCOM One came out, the sure. new XCOM One came out, and everyone right. was like, "I can make a game I can like do that. that." Yeah, and you can sort of do it, but these are all things that are like a matter of kind of fit and finish. Um, these are the things that can be uh, changed. But I did just feel I needed to see something more interesting in combat than watching mobsters kind of stand off from one another and just like trade shots, yeah. which is what a little too much of it looked like right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. It's something that can be tuned. It was one of those fights that you don't love to see in a tactics game where it was like, miss, 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 and it was like, ee, and that was not Al Capone calling after a woman. <laughs> um, well, because they're simulating a fight that otherwise would be over in minutes. Right, totally. And it was and actually... of course it's going to take... It was a nail-biter. They lost, uh, I had said his name earlier, uh, Bruno Baldini. <laughs> One of their enforcers. Great. Oh, he got shot on the ground by uh, the other mob. Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, it was rough. Um, and then, and then I, I'd say the other thing about this uh, in terms of the tactical combat stuff is just like, I hope there are better abilities than just like sweep. It reminded me of Phantom Doctrine is actually what it reminded me of. The uh, yes. spy game that came out last year, the kind of spy tactics mm-hmm. game that was like, oh, there's so much like possibility here and it just feels flat. Um, so I hope that that stuff comes together because I'm really into the idea of a grand strategy slash tactics mafia game. We'll see more. I think does there a date on that game? It's uh, early 2020. I believe that was okay. the date. There's time there. It was part of the Nintendo Direct. And yeah. I, 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 I think it's something like that. There's so. time there, and there's stuff there that they did not get into, and that John Romero was like eager. He's like, can we talk about the influence drops or whatever? And I was like, what? Okay. And I was like. Was that part of the was that part of the trailer? And they, he was like, uh, or he was like so eager to talk about it. And the other people there were like, no, the influence drops were not in the trailer. We can't talk about those quite yet. It was very good. I'm happy with that. Patrick, what else did you get up up to while we were seeing Borderlands and Empire of Sin? Uh, I sat down for a solid hour with both Wolfenstein and Doom Eternal. Hell yeah! Um, Cheers, bro. Yeah, good ass games. Yep. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, don't, I actually don't know if I have that much to add on Doom Eternal um, from our conversation that we had yesterday, um, except to say it's, like, tremendous. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, I'm, I think I'm going to download Doom on Switch and, like, replay that game because, like, wow. I just want, like, I felt that itch again. Um, the thing I'll say about that you were uh, uh, explaining we were talking about before is, like, the you were explaining the notion of uh, there are like different ways to like get ammo, health, and uh, uh, armor, armor, yeah. and there are like different abilities that like are on cooldowns that are like how you're cycling through that stuff through an arena, mm-hmm. and what that leads to is something that in Doom, Doom is very frenetic and overwhelming, um, and you were always kind of like bouncing between a bunch of different things and trying to control the situation. That is just like amped up to such a degree in Doom Eternal to such an like I felt overwhelmed I sat down being like I'm ready let's go and then this game just like kicked my ass because I what I found was that like I would glance over at the UI and be like oh my armor's down like 
time to go find an enemy to hit with the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. And then by the time I did that, I've been shot like nine times in the back because I was like, and that's just getting into the flow state of the game. I need to like internalize more of the weapons and how they work. Um, but the, 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 I loved feeling overwhelmed. The fact that I was getting my ass kicked, I was like, yes. yes. Like I need to sit with this game. That was really figure out what's going on here. I spent, I knew I had an hour and I spent more than 20 minutes in a room looking at the way the vents worked because I knew that was close to where one of these secrets were. They're and I cool. figured out most of what the secret like path was and what I have to do to accomplish it. And then just went, I'll figure out. I'll, in your actual save? Much, I've been yeah. spending too much time in here. Like I need to like keep pressing on the demo. But the, the elaborate nature of the secrets, even in the little section that they showed, is so much more thoughtful than what there was in uh, the first game that I'm just... One, there is just so fun and goofy to see a question mark. Yes. And just it's just behind a grate. And it's just tantalizing you. And I just like Where the how the fuck would you get to that grate? And you can open a map and the map makes it very obvious. It's right there, buddy. It's right there. It's like right in front of you. Just reach out. And and then it's the fun of, okay, well if it's not there, okay, what if I follow the pipe along the wall? Mm. Follow that. Ooh, I see a uh, a, a wall that I could I could shatter through if I was if I use the dash ability, but that's behind another fence. And then so all that stuff was just it's just such a smart fun like the the humor I think is amped up to a degree not only not only in just the moment of the gameplay but just the the cutscenes feel so much more confident in what it wants to say. Like the, there's one cutscene where the Doom Slayer is like you know the character you're playing mm-hmm. as. Who used to be Doom Guy in uh, the original Doom games, unless you know the Doom Unifier. Um, and uh, the way he just like walks through like the the Mars space station or whatever it yeah. is, and everyone is just afraid of him. Oh, did you? The way he the way he goes up to one of the scientists who has on his uh, neck is a key card, and he just goes up to him, grabs the key card, drags the guy by the neck scans the key card uh-huh. walks into two soldiers that look like they're from Halo Reach yeah like they, absolutely they look like they're just they purposely Spartans. They, they, they look they're, they're just cribbing that aesthetic and not in a Duke Nukem forever like parody sort of way yeah. just in a like you kind of look at it and go yeah those yeah okay that kind of looks like those sort of like mm-hmm. badass soldiers yeah. like these are the ones that would defend us and like go out and normally be the hero they walk up they, they one of them puts their hand up and goes you shouldn't be here puts the hand down and just goes oh and then you walk up, take his plasma rifle. The game goes, you've acquired a plasma <laughs> rifle. And then you descend down an elevator to go fight. Did that game, I don't, I don't even want to spoil it. But there's a moment in that demo that is about a gun, a big gun. That you, that you yes. fire? Yes. That moment's cackled. fantastic. I cackled. As I put together, oh. 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 It's very good. I'm not uh, like yeah. It's gonna, it's, you should not have that moment. I don't know. Maybe it's in gameplay videos that are being shown on stages this weekend. But like, yeah. if you haven't seen it, the, stop. And it you're before. eager. If you're like someone who's like, I'm gonna play Doom Eternal because this game is also going to be a lot of those moments and the fun of the discovery. The payoff is just it's it's a delight, and I cannot I cannot yeah. wait to play more of it. It's just a such a, a confident game and a, a really fun one. How and, far did you get into the Wolfenstein Youngblood demo? 
And also, so, did they show all the cutscene stuff? So our demo glitched, and they the intro cutscene didn't play, and they're like, "Do you no. want us to start it over?" And I was like, "No, I, I, I guess, guess it's I'm, fine. We're going to okay. play it in three um, months or four months anyway, right?" Did you play your demo co-op? Yes, I played okay. with Kate so, McCarthy so from yeah. US Gamer, who or from us, us US Gamer, US Gamer, yeah. who was great um, and was just a fun, just a fun pal during mm-hmm. Judges Week, and we played that together, and that was really really fun because we we okay so in uh wolfenstein youngblood there's a skill tree um there's different abilities for your you both both characters you have you have shared lives there is so much happening in this game i did not even special abilities that are things like um do you want to be the person who like puts their shoulder down and charges into enemies and you want the cloak. And so we communicated all that out up front. It was like, okay, I'm going to get the shotguns. I'm going to be up front. I'm going to be like upgrading my shotguns. It was like deep weapon customization in, in Young Blood. Every single weapon you pull up, you can like change like the scope, the magazine. There's the, like three uh, options for, for scope, magazine, receiver, everything. And then each of those also just upgrades yes. horizontally. And then on top of that, like you can then also be picking. Like your whatever your skill tree is. There's like well yeah there's a like mind power agility right and those like spoke off into things that can go Rob you okay yeah no somebody, Rob. Was, somebody was having a little drink that shouldn't have been <laughs> a little fine. buddy oh. a little friend well I wouldn't say friend are they dealt with dearly departed uh, <laughs> um rip. and then uh and yeah that's where you get things like invisibility or I the one I invested in because. Uh, the, the person I was playing with was dying a lot, and so I was trying to find right. ways to compensate for that. And the one I got was a dash, like that goes from side to side, so that I could like quickly get around, like behind enemies, and like that was just fun. Cool. Like it, it has both something I really appreciated about Doom Eternal and uh, Young Blood was the speed and verticality of both those games is just so much fun. It makes them feel so different than most shooters yeah. is like you are constantly going up yeah. young blood you are equipping power suits in which you are can do a both a double jump and not a dash that's just, that's doom but like they're you, sharing a can you do it? you got you just said you upgraded and got yourself the dash well a dash that goes left to right like a side to dash forward. i don't Ooh, maybe they're Doom definitely has that side Doom, dash. Doom, Doom not uh, it, Doom side, side dash feels like a Titanfall mech side dash. Your also, whole body just goes like, whoo, it's great. The, uh, one, uh, back to Doom for just a second. There yeah. are, you get you collect extra lives. There is an icon, a green glowing one up, and you collect those so that when you die, and I think the difficulty is amped up in this game relative to uh, 2016 as a result. But yeah, you just like it's like it, and it plays like a goofy like. Eight bitish sort of noise. You collect yeah. it. And it's like cool. You're good. Like you got a one up. Like if you die, you'll come back. Um, and, but I just love how fast those games are, and that the way that they are playing with space on a on a vertical level. It's yeah. just it makes it a joy to just move in those games as opposed to just the shooting part. Totally. Uh, I'm really curious to see more about both of those games. I can imagine really loving Young Blood. Um, Arcane Leon is on it with with machine games didn't i didn't get a good sense of it being there's a lot of rpg stuff so the yeah Nazis that's have life bars now not, so you know what it actually reminds me the most of and this is maybe the highest compliment i can pay it's it's a very high compliment i can play pay a game it's a very high compliment i can pay uh, pay a first person shooter it feels like an expanded version of syndicate co-op syndicate 2012 co-op uh the cyberpunk game that mm-hmm. 
not machine games, but Starbreeze. Then Starbreeze Star Star yeah. Star with those people. A there's a, there's an overlap up. there. Um, down to you got to that boss fight in the Zeppelin. Yes. I'm guessing where like there's an enemy with like a certain type of armor you have to breach, and then you can start doing real damage to them. It's exactly from the Syndicate co-op. Like, but also the way the skill tree works. Like a lot of that stuff felt like Syndicate to me. And if they can put together some missions that feel like that, I will be in heaven. Killing Nazis, wearing cool cyber suits. It's the eighties. Oh, the sure. cutscenes are so like we did get the cutscenes where it like sets up uh, you know, the 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 Blaskowitz kids, you know, why they go on their adventure yeah. and why where has BJ gone and stuff like that. They're just such a they're so they're so fun to watch. Yeah. Like the two of them and then was it Grace Grace's is, kid also. Uh, yes, yeah. whose name uh, I, I, I forget. She had a great name. But she's really funny. There's like just great like shot framing. Like there are like really smart jump cuts. There's something that's like color grading in that game that really works for me. Because everything feels kind of desaturated. Um, but there is there are still these moments of like pastoral beauty, especially the way they shoot the um, like the wilds of Texas or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that stuff looks really good. And then seeing then going from that to like the catacombs of Paris. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about it. It's, uh, the the color grading almost feels documentarian in a weird way. Like it feels like you could ha- you could have someone with like an old time, not an old timey, but you know, a mid century camera, like moving through these places, shooting people, and then like and and cutting that footage together. I, there's something about it I really like. I need to I need to like think about it and Slightly actually sit down and butter watch shifted it. palette a little bit. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Um, also, did not realize that game was the end of July. I was like, wow, that's close. Oh, that's so July close. 26th. All right, bring it on. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And totally. I am also now deeply curious and also worried how does that game play single player, which is probably fine, but it was, I really enjoyed playing it co-op, but yeah. also know the reality of the situation is I will probably play most of the game single player. I'll play it with you. Thanks, Rob. There you go. I would Great. I would love to watch y'all do that. I mean, if our schedules work out. Okay. <laughs> I play a lot, like in the middle of the day, like right after work. Oh, so, so I'll pick up my kid. You? I'll I'll set Jessica down. Oh, like, look, let's yeah. kill these Nazis. I was looking at my notes. The fucking funniest thing that you may not have gotten at all because your player, your co-op player, wasn't communicative. Mm-hmm. You pick a pep signal. <laughs> uh, so you and the, your sister pick a like a hand gesture to do that b- buffs the other player. What? And so to start, you get ones that are either like health or. Plus health or plus armor. Okay. So can you be whenever you make eye contact? It's on a cooldown. You can make eye contact with your sister and be like thumbs up, and then like they get a little health boost or an armor boost. That's and there's a bunch of them. Do they keep getting more involved? There are more of them that are about like uh, specific more specific things. They're like, oh, you, your headshots do more damage or stuff like that. Um, just quick thing. Yes. So the weapon customization. One thing, like for when I think of Wolfenstein One. I don't remember Wolfenstein 2's customization quite as well. But Wolfenstein yes. 1, I played that more. Uh, eventually unlocked so much stuff that once, once it was all unlocked, I just had it, and it no longer felt like I had a build, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Errant Signal uh, has this, brings this up a little bit in a uh, video they released about like what, is a, what does it mean to roleplay anymore? Because so many games use RPG elements, right. but in the end, you're going to be this omnicompetent badass. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the direction that Wolfenstein has gone traditionally. So, I, like, is there is there a little bit of a concern where, for me, that the sort of fun variety of like, ah, oh, you're going to be good at this, and I'm going to be good at this, that can drain out once everyone is kind of good at everything. Yeah. And that so the, I don't think the weapons gone. are going. I think the weapons are going to be exactly what you're saying. Is like, eventually, you can just kind of like spec everything. But 
I, it, it was only an hour, but based on like how expensive the ability trees would get, my guess is it won't get like as specific as like, boy, you have a hyper specific build that is only yeah. capable of really doing yeah. a, a single thing, but it won't be as wide as a lot of games with the skill trees where at some point I've got too many points to spend. I don't even want this. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get it because I need to spend yeah. it. That's it's capitalism. Ca <laughs> <laughs> got to spend that money to be a so, good citizen. So I think it's like, well, good citizen consumer. Send your ability points to Antigua. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, by the way, mm. tell us a little bit about your co-op partner. Sounds like co-op is a huge no, part I'm of this not, game. I'm not going to, I'm not, it was, they were, they died a lot. I'm not, no, that, that second part of that story is just, is just, just for, for us. All right. It's good If story. you're ever in a it demo, a good story. just try to talk with your partner and trust in them and have, yeah. and build rapport. That's all I'll say. Katie was a great partner. Shout outs to Katie. Jealous. What else, uh, what else do we do today? Well, what did you do? What did I do? I had a big break in the middle of the day. I've talked about everything except the last thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> you, po I, you posted in our Discord. I'm just on a couch for the next two hours. Uh, some strangers came up to me. Can you tell that story? Yeah, it was wild. It was like so. And I, I tell not to drag these people. But to no, put in, put in context today and what E3 is. And what is I thought we were not going to have the E3. Yeah. We're not going to do that. But you want tell this story. Right, this one story. So I had seen Empire of Sin you had I yet yes I had already seen Empire of Sin um, and you and I and Natalie were at and Kyle were at the club with the Souls Bros right with the, with the Souls Bros we were crying in the club and uh, actually y'all weren't there yet it was just me at this point I was buying drinks you were buying drinks that's what it was and two women came over and sat like to a on the, the couch like next to the couch I was on, right? There's kind of like one going horizontal and one going going vertical next to it in kind of a 90-degree angle. Two women sat down, young, in their 20s, um, and they were like, can we sit here? And I was like, yeah, totally. Um, and then they were like, how's the show going for you? And I was like, doing the calculus. Like, okay, do you, are they asking me because they know, like, oh, Austin, how is the show going for you? Or are they just being nice? Right. They were just being nice. They had orange tags on, which are like the gamer pass mm -hmm. tags. Um, and it was, it was Brittany and unique and Brittany was like super excited and was like, it's, there's so much to do. And I was like, okay, like I'm having the opposite experience, but I realized maybe that's because I've been here a few times. Sure. This is the first time here. She says, yeah, I flew here from Florida and unique is like, oh wow. We're like from the opposite sides of the, oh no, she said she flew here from Michigan and unique was like, oh wow. I flew here from Florida. We're from so far away. And in this, and in this moment, I'm like, wait. You're just saying this now as if the two of you came over to me at the same time. Don't you know each other? And they're like, oh, yeah, we both came here actually with other people who kind of disappeared. And then we made friends. We're like, you're, we're, we're E3 buddies now. We're trying to make more E3 buddies. That's beautiful. We're so beautiful. And like... Best E3? Best E3. <laughs> like in the world in which like people could just make friends and go see games. And meet someone you can talk to them and hear them. And you can hear them. Right. It's quiet. You can go get a drink. The drinks aren't that expensive. They put, they're not that expensive. You go to a Dodgers game and pay that much for a beer. Yeah, but that beer will be like the size of your forearm. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Brittany said that the bartender gave her a good amount of alcohol. So, uh, and the gin and tonic I had was great. So, um, and we were talking for a little bit. And then there was a moment 
where one of them was like, I heard Dr. Disrespect is in the other hall. That's so exciting. I Not can't for wait to long. see it. <laughs> and it was one of those moments was like, oh, right. Like, the world of games is very big. And mm-hmm. there is no limit to the to who watches what in the world. And, like, you can't make predictions. You can't judge a book by its cover, it no. turns out. Um, but we had a good conversation anyway. It was fine. They were very excited about games. But also, we're like, you have to wait in a line to do anything here. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But then they were like, did you see Cloud's motorcycle in the lobby? And I was like, I didn't. And they were like, it's rad. And I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. So I'll do that tomorrow. And that's my story. And that's what I was doing while you were seeing video games. You were seeing Breakpoint at some yeah, point, right? sure was. You uh, and Kato. You and Kato both went to see. <laughs> yeah. What? What was that? I don't know what that was, Kata. <laughs> you were like, what? I said we you went asked to see Breakpoint You too. had like a response. You said, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ugh. I mean, no, you go, Rob. No, 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 no. no, no. We're just, that's, no. We got to dig no. deeper here. Kyle? No, that's fine. Well, only one person can play from the both of us. And so it was, Rob went up. and uh, I see. I'm not going to say. Oh, it. you're mad. No, I'm not mad. It's just, it was just very funny <laughs> to watch. Everything's fine. Wait, <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, no, it's it great. One person playing. I love that. Yeah. Wait, what was so funny? Oh, um, Let's just say when we left and we have we have fast passes to go tomorrow to, to tomorrow it's still tomorrow we haven't crossed mm-hmm. over yet. Yeah, we've not. Rob was like, "Great, we'll go tomorrow. <laughs> we'll go together, and you can carry me." <laughs> when? So you're going back tomorrow? Things went poorly. <laughs> what happened? Uh, a variety of things. Uh, Kato, I think I figured out why everyone died all at once that one time. Uh, one of the other people was saying. Oh, whoops, I threw a grenade. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> oh, right. And that's when we lost yeah. all our MP- MPs. Yeah. Um, None, sure. Nobody could. Y'all didn't seem to be able to avoid explosives. There was a lot of dying to explosives. Well, Can so you set our, up the mission? Can you set up the, the what was happening? Yeah. Uh, so, well, there are actually a few missions. Um, what's the way, where to begin? Uh, all right, so it begins on kind of a, well, you have the option of, you have to go collect a high-value target from this okay. research facility. Uh, she's a drone researcher uh, who's now working for Cole Walker. My and cousin. whoever else. And uh, so she's kind of the linchpin of this drone program. And you have to go pluck her out of this facility. Yeah. And there's a couple options that you can go... You can... You have... Basically, you can... Uh, uh, try a variety of approaches here, um, but by and large, do you want to go louder or stealth? Um, before you even begin that, you also have to like make a camp, or in this case, we did. It's a bivouac. Is it? Is it was the? Yeah, we that set term up a again? bivouac, and uh, you know, everybody chose what bonus they would get for the next. Uh, okay, so stint. this is cool. I saw this game two months ago, and they didn't. They did all this in a, in, in a video, but I didn't get to do any of this. So, what, what were the options yeah. you were picking from? Um, have a nutritious meal for extra health. Okay. Um, what was it like? Have a nap or something? It was like, like all stamina like boost. You picked stuff. one. Yeah, yeah. You only pick one for like okay. uh, your your next stint. And yeah, it was like stamina boost. It was accuracy bonus. It was fatigue resistance. It was uh, like da- like increased hit points. Um, yeah, it was 
it was whatever. Uh, it didn't feel like. Here's the thing: for the like for all that process existing, it also didn't feel like it was that impactful. Yeah. On the other hand, if that's how you get new supplies, then obviously that's going to be pretty critical because there was a uh, munitions economy problem that developed over the course of this game. You ran out of ammo. Um, explosives. Ammo was never an issue, okay. but like uh, like special equipment, we started run, like burning through pretty badly. Uh, so we begin moving through. We, we begin moving to this base, and uh, so I think the one thing that kept throwing me in this game is God help you if you think an animation is completed, but there's like a <laughs> pixel, oh my god, and but there's like a pixel left on the gauge. <laughs> the fence. Um, yeah, like there was this thing where your character. Uh, so we we sneak up to this. Uh, we sneak up to this this fence, and everyone put, like so. I walk up, I pull out the blowtorch, and begin cutting through this metal fence, and it's a long animation. Character puts away the blowtorch, begins peeling back the fence. I'm like, great. I take my button off the. I take my finger off the button to keep using the blowtorch. Guy drops the fence, it magically is fully like <laughs> uh, restored. That's nanotech. There Cole Walker's working on it. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to do all of it again. Like the entire like thirty huh. second and wait, like, it, the whole time is your team just watching and waiting? Yeah, and I've got this energy <laughs> over my shoulder. Um, oh and also my headset wasn't working. Uh, so like I heard half the sound effects but like no. basically no center channel. I, I, I and feel so uncomfortable. There was a dude at the other end of the uh, the, the on the fur, the furthest end. Yeah, the furthest was one of the, the, guy the furthest end was the guy doing the, guiding the demo and uh, sort of telling us what to do. And so I basically just had to like wear my headphones like around my neck, Perfect. trying to hear what this guy is saying. But also I can barely hear anything in the game. Uh, so not ideal, but anyway, but this is the thing. So like if, for instance, so that entire like fence thing had to be redone, right? Okay. The same goes for like a reload animation. So my guy, guy carried like some sort of, uh, MG. Yeah. Like like, like a light machine gun. And it has this really long reload animation. Again, it just goes on for days. Now, admittedly it's a hundred round, uh, magazine capacity. So like this is the Mm trade-off shoots for a long time, but once it has to reload, boy are you in trouble but the thing is it just goes on for like hours of him just like all right like open the receiver all right clear the bolt uh you know <laughs> grab the new magazine tap it clear it there was slide it in. and the, it felt like there was some way where you kept accidentally canceling that animation oh sometimes. If, you, if you started to run yeah there it is if you yeah, yeah. uh so if you're under fire and but the thing is the guy again the guy could begin like Right, it'd be the, the middle animation. Of it. No, the animation would look complete, and then I'd yeah. be like, "All right, I need you have to, get to you have to watch for the number. That's yeah. when you know it actually is done." Oh. <laughs> and yeah, once your bullets are up. <laughs> so, this is this is kind of the thing, and and here's the other thing. This game, the the really cool thing about this game is there are so many different approaches you can take. Like it has a pretty built out stealth side. In this mm-hmm. demo, it didn't necessarily ring true. Once we were we, doing a lot of hiding in the mud. So much hide. Sometimes getting oh. stuck in the mud. Uh, Wait, what? I, Rob was a, the only person that they had to come over twice to unstick him. Yeah. What does that mean? So there's a new thing in this <laughs> game where you can roll around in the mud and hide in it as like 
active camouflage. Okay. You just cover yourself up in mud and then just kind of like go, oh, I'm in the mud. Yeah. But then how do you get stuck? Was it a glitch? There was a point where I lay down in like this poppy field. And I moved the camera. So the poppies went but, to work. Like, I couldn't get the guy to stand up, no. nor could I. Like you're supposed to be able to sort of crawl around a little bit. Uh-huh. Dude wasn't doing that either. Uh, so I was like, uh, "Can you come over?" And the guy like he tapped the buttons a few times, mashed them, and eventually like my guy popped no, loose. No, what that is is that sometimes devs will have. I've heard about this. They have a secret uh, button right. sequence that will reset okay. your character that's true weird because yeah. i like it was fucking with my head because i looked over and i was like did you just press the same buttons i was pressing and the guy's fine now <laughs> no, no yeah uh, it's totally like a coded yeah. like, debug so uh there was that and uh but no what i was talking about was the um so after we finally get this fence open right and <laughs> then you slowly go through and then everyone else is like red rover red rover let uh vasily go over um oh my god but <laughs> In this like drone compound, there's a couple women on the veranda who like dress like tech workers, having like mimosas in the company cafeteria or something. Yeah, they are as far from us as Kato is right now. Yeah, and they are watching. They are looking. There, we are in their eye line. It's like Kato is right there, and like just like a four platoon, people climbing just, over <laughs> a fucking fence. Dude, like my guy had a backpack on like the size of an SUV, and it was just like trundling along, covered in mud and, and poppies. They're just continuing. The chat sort of amiably and uh, the guy's like uh, yeah we're still in stealth don't worry good job everybody <laughs> and I'm like uh, it, yeah we're it definitely seems there's like two types of uh, uh, NPCs in these facilities one of them they're called some, some of them are civilians some of them are enemies or whatever okay. so if a Great. civilian sees you they don't uh, trigger any of the alarms but they do freak out. Yeah, some well, of them. They, they can, some of them, except for these ladies who were just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. They're very strong mimosas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they saw it and they were like, we're good. I need some shit. Listen, maybe they thought like, hey, you're with us. Yeah. <laughs> All the, you know, what's the difference? Time to get rescued. Ghosts, wolves, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like the civilians wouldn't raise the alarm. Uh, the, but the the thing, the other thing that made this game kind of tricky for me to get my brain around is that in order to support... Uh, a lot of combat and spe- like itemization that you can sort of bring onto the battlefield, but then there also there were rarities on guns. Yeah, I know. I told you it's a loot game. It's a loot game. It's, I, that's why I'm curious <laughs> if you you will end up liking it. I don't also, think I will. There was tomatoes. Uh, Kato oh, point, I was like, yeah. You were running, he was running through a field under fire. We'll I get got, to what he was under uh, fire for. I got a and, fucking robot trying to kill me, and Kato like taps me on the like, shoulder. Wait, wait, wait. There was just a prompt to say, pick up tomatoes. <laughs> and I, I said, go back, go back. And there's like a little bush of tomatoes. Ooh, it's now, flying all around. Yeah. You, go back. Now, you know how I am about fresh produce. I do. Exactly. So I immediately you was gotta like, get some tomatoes. Gotta, where were those tomatoes? Yeah. I gotta make a new batch of pico de gallo yeah. tonight. Yeah. So, but the, but the thing is, to support all of this, they have created a game where every single button basically has three gestures you right. can make with it. Yeah. It is the tap, mm-hmm. hold, double tap, uh, like control scheme. Okay. And so everything on the controller does like three things. And 
it is important that you become fluent and fluid in those things. I feel like we're being set up. No, I just wasn't. <laughs> okay. like, yeah, right. there's, not, like, yeah. there's not no setup there, I well, guess. And, and also, like, the, 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 they also, in order to save commands, don't have, like, a cover button. But you do need to take cover, so you have to kind of rub against the cover right. until the guy takes a cover position. Your pheromones on there. Right, but then I'm like, okay, so now I'm in cover. <laughs> I can shoot out of this cover, right? And I go to like ADS. I figure I'll do a lean. Yeah. No, not so much. Immediately I'm like staring at the wall. Yeah. Uh, this is the other thing. is It's another one of those games where uh, I don't know why this became such a thing in third person action games. Your guy is so big on the screen, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes the camera there was a point like a oh, crucial I, moment yeah. where the camera just seemed to get stuck at like grass level and I could not see shit it was just all grass Terrence Malick's ghost yeah. recon yeah. yeah no <laughs> wait so what happened with the tomato um, did you get it we all, we all died later uh, but did you can pick before it up? after the what tomato happened? what pick happens it up. Did you take it home recon with you tomato. there's a prompt well no it was sort of like um Remember in Pirates of the Caribbean when he finally gets his apple, but he never gets to eat it? It was sort of like that. So you never had a chance to actually hit the prompt? No, because so the aforementioned. I'm going to find it. Uh, but no, you hit it. the prompt and I, then immediately died. Yeah, I got, the, I, yeah, I got it. But, uh, but we don't know what the I tomato just know, we does. Don't know what it does. I just searched for Ghost Recon Breakpoint and then in quotes, tomato. And the top hit is a U.S. Gamer article called Fortnite Holographic Tomato Head Location. Here's how to dance in a holographic tomato head in Fortnite Battle Royale. Love um, it. Good. Yeah, so the camera stuff was was tough to manage, but the flip side of this was it did feel kind of cool to have us infiltrate an entire enemy facility for people. Uh, right. You know, you, uh, God, what was it? It was like tap Y twice to affix silencers to your weapon. And okay. so we got, you know, we're you starting to mark targets. They spent a lot of time talking about that game's simulation elements when I got the, like, the long pitch a couple months ago. They spent a lot of time talking about the kind of, the discourse that they had with real tier one operatives who told them that Wildlands was great. Wildlands really captures the, the uh, brotherhood, the element of brotherhood, the element of... Uh, of you like know stick-to-itiveness, the element of going into a dangerous place and you know taking taking control over it, the mastery. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't understand the danger, the fact that enemies can come from anywhere, the fact that you're behind enemy lines. You're you what what command? You got to make decisions for your own out there. You got to find where your next meal is coming from. You got to decide what's right from wrong. And let me tell you, brother, most of the time it's morally gray. That was the pitch they gave us, and so the idea of like. Hey, the it's leaning into the fetishism of like attaching a silencer to an M16, but also this time you have to cook dinner. <laughs> it was a weird mismatch because then when we played, it was a lot of all right, let's sink shot this guy in the head, and not so much enemies can show up from anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Oh, this, yeah, and see here, uh, in part because like there are some folks who like just explore a little bit and like deviate from what the guy guiding the demo was trying to show. Right. Uh, there were multiple times where like you'd hear, uh, like he, like I'd be moving to the objective and then suddenly you'd hear like an engine like rev and then suddenly like shots are like snapping <laughs> through the Kyle trees. Kind of picked up a controller. And he's like, <laughs> ah! Yeah. And, but, but like <laughs> the secret, like dark souls, <laughs> Invasion oh, mode. That would make this game great, oh by the God. way. A portal opens. Well, like, it's already in well, the it's fiction. Kind of how it felt? 
Like, right? Yeah. Because the fiction of the game is that you're ghosts, you're fighting wolves who are ex-ghosts. The idea of like, oh yeah, I'm going to invade an How enemy. How does a wolf become a... Wait, other way around. How does ghost a ghost become, become a wolf? A wolf? You know what? Listen to Friends uh, of the well, Table we... season uh, three, and you'll find out. Okay. Uh, but like, so that stuff was cool, though. Is like we'd be trying to move the objective, and then somebody like picked up a roadside patrol, and now mm-hmm. we're having this like kind of desperate, scrappy fight, uh, you know, in a ditch, and nobody knows quite where every, where anybody is. It felt cool, in, cool. in a way yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. like that actually did feel also, like Terrence Malick's uh, right. Ghost Recon, <laughs> right, where it's like right. I think I killed three Thin people and never saw them. Right. It was just like I see muzzle flashes. And there's some like bullet traces moving through, so let's let's light them up. Totally, I, that's I mean, and also this time you're not in Bolivia, a quote unquote narco state, which is it is such a small, tiny bit of progress to go from let's fictionalize and vilify this real place to yeah. what if there's like what if both sides were bad? What if the good guys could become the bad guys? Shrug. Came up. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got the interview. Uh, I'm saying, to be clear, I'm saying like that's a very small bit of progress. Sure, that's all. Yeah. Um, actually, we'll, we'll get to the interview just uh, in a moment sure. here. Uh, but anyway, so we go through the the whole. Uh, this next part is crucial for what we talk about in the interview. Okay. So we go through the whole like raid the facility. We find the high value target. We get a cutscene. It's so hilariously, it is so backlit. Yeah. My character just keeps getting darker every time they show him because the backlighting just gets more intense. And so, like, my character, by the end, it's like almost like a, a glitch where it's just like a pair of eyes sticking out from pitch black. <laughs> it's just like burning sunlight outside. Uh, maybe it was a maybe it was an effect. Right. You can say. Mm. But uh, it was clear, like, okay, this is actually intended for you to be, like, in the cutscenes, you're alone. You are Cole's old friend uh, sent to hunt down uh, and uh, put down this mad dog. Right. Um, But, yeah. And you get this flashback to when you were in, uh, well, I mean, it's a work of fiction, so who can say? God. Uh, I heard that so many times today. But... Um, what kind of war zone could they have been in in the last 15 years? I don't know. It was dusty. Oh, uh, I see. Insane. Yeah. Um, and they were sort of set up. It was in, in a scene that was basically like, if you've seen Barry season two, mm-hmm. there's a really like troubling sequence in like a sniper overwatch oh, position. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And that's basically what they're doing with the change that who they're engaging or at least unequivocally like soldiers they're fighting. But... They're just sort of chatting, and Cole's like, yeah, I hate this billet. Where would you like to fight? Bolivia? Heard that's all right. But there's some other places that might be good, too. But I'm thinking about going private. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm sick of this shit. I want to, get, I want to make some money. You, you'll, you'll know what I mean when you have kids. And, but in the meantime, you're sort of amiably chatting, and then you fucking lay waste to the squad. And your dude is the sniper... Cole is the scout, the, the spotter, and you shoot a dude in the shoulder. He goes down. He's wounded. And then one of his buddies, like, starts coming out from cover to try to rescue the guy who's, like, writhing on the ground. You wait for him to break cover all the way, and then Cole's like, all right, put him down. And your character just... He explicitly tells you not to put him down. So that he draws a second person, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the wound, the, yeah, you leave the wounded person alive, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. 
And yeah, and then calls like, all right, take him. And so you you kill the guy who's coming out to provide aid, and then you yeah. kill the guy on the ground. And uh, your guy's a participant in this. Mm-hmm. And I asked later uh, the designer because I was trying to get like everything I raised. Like, man, technology has always been your friend in the Ghost Recon series. Like, what are the anxieties that you're trying to channel? Advanced and warfare. Like, Remember, like where Ghost Recon started. Yeah. Like the whole pitch was like. What if, uh, you know, technology actually aided you in real time on the battlefield? Right, right. like it's very future combat system yeah. like oriented. And he's like, well, you know, we don't really have a position on technology. Uh, it's just a work of fiction uh, yeah. inspired by some of the things we're seeing. Huh. Uh, and when I asked... Headline like, relevant stories. Yeah, and like, so, you know, we're talking about like, you know, Cole talking about wanting to become a military contractor. Like, you know, that's an arc that a lot of uh, uh-huh. professional soldiers have uh, followed, uh, you know, once they're finished in the service. And he's like, well, we don't really have a position on that. It's a work of fiction. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away because Cole's story is Cole's story. And we're going to have to wow. like, you know, that's like revealing of how your friend went Damn, bad is, is part of it. Um, and so like that was the response I got to everything. But with this one, the response I got, I, I said, obviously this is like a sort of notorious sniper tactic. And we've also like, it's also dramatized in several movies, right? Uh, in Full Metal Jacket, the like, uh, Joker explicitly yeah. shouts out the warning, like, don't go provide aid because... Uh, the sniper is just waiting to draw guys out. Mm-hmm. And, but it's always presented as like kind of a dastardly tactic in those things. And I asked, like, so how are we supposed to feel about that sequence, right? Are we supposed to read this as, like, even then, like, Cole always maybe had, like, a tendency to maybe be going down a bad road? And he was like, mm. what I will say is, uh, you know, we basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing but basically says uh we hear a lot of things from our technical advisors and we hear a lot of anecdotes right. and that informs the story which was oh. an interesting answer certainly um this is the shit that really happens out there rob yeah and so it's uh sick bro <laughs> sick bro and so that was it, it was kind of a weird uncomfortable thing where um I guess for me is this. I love that shit. It, depending on how it's used in the story, like sure. there, like you know how I feel about like Michael Mann movies, right? Like Tom Cruise, like killing those dudes in Collateral. Like I love that scene. But yeah. the the thing that's sitting here is like, what is the greater meaning of all this? Like what, like what, like where does this violence fit in? Can the I story? even complicate it a little bit more with yeah. one of the developments and mechanical developments of this game? Yeah. So one thing is just like I think I think this is a big topic for us this whole week is going to be studios that want to leverage the material that we might trust master crafts people of other genres or other media to use in film and fiction, maybe even in games. I'm thinking here of Watch Dogs. I'm thinking here of Cyberpunk. Um, uh, big picture ideas. Things like um, like racism, like we were talking again earlier about Empire of, of Sin and them not leaning into that. I think it's a big question here. It's like, hey, can you use the that sniper trick effectively? Can you can you talk about technology in the way that uh, uh, Breakpoint is talking about technology and drones effectively in a way that like 
brings you in? Can you produce that effect that you were talking about being in the trenches in a way that feels like like it is not just um, intentional but effective at saying something about violence or about warfare? Because I would definitely trust, we said Terrence Malick earlier, thinking about Thin, Thin Red Line, which is a film that leans all the way into all of the shit we're talking about while still fundamentally being a war film. This is a game where not only is that a tactic that's used in the cutscene, this is the first time in uh, a Ghost Recon game, or this is what the, how they sold it to me anyway, where when you drop an enemy, they're not down all the way, and they can be revived. And so not only is that a tactic used in that cutscene, that's a tactic you, the player, will inevitably start to use, yeah. right? In the mid, or like once you realize that that's a thing you can do. So they have this cutscene where it is like targeted as being a a moment in the slow turn of Cole D. Walker away from his honorable warrior path towards, you know, trickery and profit and all the other shit. But also in the moment to moment gameplay, you're gonna use it and never think about it. It's not that when you use it, it will not be the moment where you're like, oh shit, I'm doing the thing. It will be, yeah, we gotta drop there's a there's a medic over there, let's try to pull him out. I'm gonna drop the the, the heavy gunner. Uh, okay, look out for the drone. Alright, got him. And that's gonna be the moment. And like, I don't know how those two things square. I can't yeah. imagine that they do. And uh, to be clear, there's a lot of like, oh, we're inspired by, you know, what is it like to be a special forces operator? Um, there's a lot of elements like this where we're trying to be authentic. We're trying to bring these stories to life to some extent. I did find myself thinking a lot today about, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when uh, Trump was talking about like maybe pardoning this one dude who was a convicted war right. criminal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a, a Navy SEALs member who had been like, brought up on charges based on the testimony of his own comrades. Like yeah. basically there was a member of a SEAL team that the other SEALs realized this guy was... Did you read that shit, by the way? Yes, it's, it's deeply troubling. It's um, the fucking worst. But the, yeah, and that's, and that's very much the thing is also it was traumatic for those other soldiers who are like, oh shit, this we've got... the code. We have, yeah, we have an unstable like... like mass murder in our in our ranks and initially people were not taking those reports seriously right they were like eh, nobody wants to hear this shit you know just do your job um and so this notion that there is no that like the line is clear around this type of warfare around because what something that's very much in the dna of ghost recon is you don't fight fair You've never fought fair in this series. This is the nature of light infantry and special forces is if it's a fair fight, you're probably losing it. So you've got to fight dirty. You've got to fight, uh, you know, smart. But then to turn around, pretend that there, you know, can, there, that there's nothing that exists on a continuum that eventually might, may cross a line into war crimes and not just combat, but just outright murder yeah. uh, to sort of hand wave that away or pretend that like ah oh, well our game wants all of the, the all of the cool like martial prowess of this but don't worry it always stops before it gets weird and I'm like it feels a little weird and yeah. I think we need to call attention to the weirdness or it actually gets weirder you know so uh, that was kind of where they were at the politics it is it is it is so funny to hear this story and I, I, you know, the stuff that you're saying is so in line with the way this game was pitched to me at that New York event a couple months ago. In contrast to the Watchdog stuff last night, where it felt like the devs felt like they were getting one over on the publisher in some moments, 
where it they were not hoorah about anything, including their own positions where they felt like, like yeah, we we're trying to figure out how to do this thing. We're trying to figure out how to like explore this issue versus like, yeah, no, we're not saying anything about technology. It felt way more like, yeah, we have some thoughts about the way technology works. We're not 100% sure like that we're right about that, but like here here's what we're going to here's the position we're taking for this game. And the here's where we've arrived at this moment based on X, Y, and Z. Right, and also we've arrived at a place. We're not saying that it is completely hands off. We are saying that like, I think a surveillance state is bad. I think maybe drones, the way that they're being deployed, not so great. And like the, to contrast those two, the just like the mode that the that the devs were in is so interesting, especially because I think it's easy to think about a company like Ubisoft as a machine, as a machine that like churns out stuff. And I think Ubisoft wants to be a machine that churns out stuff, right? Ubisoft in its in its in the machines functioning wants to have its logic be able to impact any product it makes and like sand away at it and carve away at it until it is a product that is easily purchasable and that will not turn away anyone and all of that shit. But it's interesting to, to contrast a developer who, that, and also again, like I think show floor E3, those are media trained people at Breakpoint who are like, I'm not going to fucking say media shit. Media trained, given a billion interviews. But, but also that's a game that we've already found. Like not just like, here is the thing on, here's the way in which this game is contradictory to itself, which is absolutely true about the watchdog stuff. This is like here's a game which is like celebrating the way it's contradictory so to one itself. Thing with Rob and I were talking about this a little bit before we were recording. And it's like you had mentioned that the person you're interviewing has been on this making Ghost Recon games since Advanced Warfare, which mm-hmm. was what, 15 years ago? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Like, like, it sounds like most of his career has been making these games. And at a certain point, when this is your life's work, you have made a, a lot of these games. Can't, isn't like impossible not to have some sort of psychological distance? Like when we're talking about like, man, how do you take right. this seriously? How are you like understanding like the grounded reality of this? Like when you're spending a lot of time with folks that are actual operators have actually, you know, are giving you these anecdotes. Like I'm not using this as an excuse, but I, I, can, I can see how someone ends up with a certain psychological distance from something as yeah. a result of like doing this. Like you're, you're not making... Whereas Watch Dogs 3, when we're talking about the, where the framing, it feels like a bunch of people coming together that aren't like Watch Dogs veterans coming right. to make a new Yeah, that Watch was the, uh, another weird thing about yesterday that we didn't talk about. Like, this isn't the Watch Dogs team. Right. And like, whereas this is like the Ghost Recon team. And it's like, or, you know, a Ghost Recon veteran, like, I want to make another Ghost Recon. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I can see how some of that messaging or how an approach from a developer falls in, in a realm like that. I think the thing that always strikes me as so weird about this stuff is. You know, you know me. I am so into this military history shit and like tactics and yeah, totally. The thing that is funny about it to me is, it's not like oh, here I am, the lefty asking these questions about like maybe war is bad. It, like I read a lot of these books. Like soldiers' memoirs are full of these asides about like soldiers feeling ill at ease with the things they've done, the things right. they've seen, encountered, the sheer strangeness of war. And so it's just, it's so strange to me as well that like. I understand almost certainly that there's a degree of intellectual capture that's going to happen with a series like Ghost Recon. But what staggers me is the fact that, like, it increasingly seems to elide even the ambivalence that, like, the type of advisors they would be talking to would absolutely have, right? When you read memoirs like this, it's, you know, they tend to be shot through uh, with stuff like this. But what ends up coming through in the games is basically a very sanitized, like, we just do our job. 
and we're damn good at it. Yeah. And that's, and that's all there is to say. Um, and that's just about all there is to say. Uh, there were robots. We fought them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I got dun, lit dun, up a dun, lot. Dun, dun, dun. Terminator show yeah. up? Uh, no, but like the uh, bad, the evil robot from the end of RoboCop 1 basically showed up and right. killed us all. Right. right. We right. were so hmm. close. We were so, so wait, close. So you said you had a fast we're pass? Kato, Kato, were they close? Once. One run. <laughs> well, no, because... <laughs> We had, like, we went into the battle with a bunch of, like, anti-tank rockets and EMP mm-hmm. grenades. Yep. Yeah. They were necessary to beat that fucking thing. Yep. We ran out of them when we died. Wait, I forgot about the munition economy. That was, like, a whole thing. Yeah, no, we when you died, you didn't, you, didn't get, it's you didn't get a refill. I know. So, basically, like, once that run failed, it was just like, okay, so now take this heavily armored thing with, like, mortars. You also uh, took one of your two rockets... Turned around and shot it at a jeep with two people in it, instead of the giant tank. Should have shot the tank, I would say. Who could say? I wanted to blow up that AFV. <laughs> Sue me. Those were reinforcements. We should take a break because our video and audio has been out of sync for about twenty minutes. Uh, looks, which is very funny yeah. because it means that every time I speak or you speak or you speak, it looks like it's coming out of I the other the person. Someone said Austin does a great Patrick impression. I was, not, I was like, what are they talking about? The thing that they were saying was you were going, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and what you, they were hearing was like subjectivity interpolation. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. So we'll come back and talk about cyberpunk and let's close do this out. Sounds good. So we will be, 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 we will be right back. But you I should actually have it actually open. Yeah, it's bandwidth, so like we can't have it running at the same time. I've had it open all the time though. Right, but okay. now it's fucking up. Okay, well it, I like, paused it, it, it now. It's it's a hundred percent on here on YouTube. I'm seeing it say you're not YouTube is not receiving enough video. Like it's telling. Okay, me, like, well I've paused it now. Thank so you. So that'll help. We should yes. bring it down and bring it back up. Sure. Also, let's go ahead and give it a quick reset. Yeah, please, if people want to actually take a break. Um, we can, like, slide past Darksiders, probably. And we can put... Uh, and we can do Monster Hunter tomorrow after your interview. Yeah, and, like, also... We'll hit like, it real quick, and then we'll move. Yeah, I'll mention the claw thing, and that'll take... The okay. coughing? The claw thing. Oh, the claw thing. The, the grapple like, hook? We can actually... Huh? Grapple hook? Yeah, yeah the claw the, thing. What, grapple hook that you shoot at a monster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not... Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can hit vampire quicker. We can, yeah, we can touch on it. Or should we punt vampire till tomorrow? Mm. I can touch on it. There's not a lot to say. This is tomorrow. This is Thursday. But we're, we're going to want Thursday to be quick. Short. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't like fuck around. Hour, hour yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. All right. And also, things can go to next week. True. Like we probably won't do a pot on Monday, but like no, there no, no. might be. Yeah. There it is. Sorry, five thousand. Did the? That's very good. Natalie yeah. Watson at the fig. Beautiful. <laughs>
It could also be that we are getting hit with some sort of data cap. Also possible. Which right? is also possible. But just to be safe, we should all try not to be connected to the Wi-Fi right now. Or at least not running videos and stuff, yeah. You saw this? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh huh. Sir, five thousand. Internet. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Did you bring it down and back up? Yep. Cool. I already did. All right. It says stream health is status is good. All right. That's a good good <coughs> thing to see. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to set this live and then go grab a water. Do you want me to just go get you water? It's okay. Okay. I'll be right back really quick. Okay. All right. I'll let you all go first. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Five, four, three, two. And we are back again with our final segment for E3 Day 1, the Waypoint Radio Podcast. Patrick, before we get to Cyberpunk, you hit a couple of other smaller things. Well, one of them was pretty big, actually. Yep. I don't want to say smaller about either of these things. That's unfair. One of them I don't like, but I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to like dismiss it with smallness. That's unfair. Welcome to Gamer Christmas. <laughs> sometimes you get Some an ugly sweater. Suck. Some of them sometimes a, de- a game demo's bad. And in this case, it for me, it was Darksiders Genesis. Genesis, uh, which is a uh, isometric action RPG take yeah. on the Darksiders franchise. From so when THQ, not THQ, Nordic blew up, um, a bunch of the studios, a bunch of the developers went in a bunch of different directions. Um, one of the studios that came out of that um, is uh, the studio's name actually escapes me, um, but they made Battle Chasers. Um, the kind of JRPG inspired uh, Airship Syndicate. Airship Syndicate. Uh, they made yeah, Battle Chasers, a like JRPG inspired uh, game from last year that I found charming, but not particularly great. But like it was a delightful art and had a sort of Darksiders inspired sort of uh, whimsy to it. Um, and now they're working on Darksiders Genesis, which is uh, them returning to another. Let's not deliver on the big cliffhanger from Darksiders 1, which they addressed like up front in the meeting was like, look, if you're going to... Darksiders 1 ends yeah. with the four horsemen coming together mm-hmm. and they're like, 
not one but many and then you're like cool the next game is going to be like all of them together and have yet to deliver on that promise like 10 years later and several games later um and up front they were like look this game is being made by like 16 people right like if, right. if, if you, you got, get one horseman yeah. well, well, no, you no get, you, you get, get two. two you get strife with guns and you get war with a sword but they were saying like look if you're going to make that game it's a big team it's a big budget and you really deliver on that promise that's not and we, hey I will give it this which is like at this point with strife being the fourth player the fourth horseman in the Darksiders series you know what they all do at this point yes and they've all been characterized and they've all been playable as of Genesis yes and what I'll say about this is, like, I haven't played it. I'm going to scoot over to the booth and actually sit down with it. But uh, it looks like a totally competent but nothing revelatory action RPG. But if you, like me, like, really enjoy the Darksiders universe and just want, like, a reason to fuck around there and it looks, like, good enough, like, that's who this is for. Like, yeah. it's not necessarily, like... It's not like, for me. It's, it's not for, like, uh, I'm not interested in... It's so mechanically interesting that, like, I don't usually play these types of games. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. into it. It's not that. It's like, like Darksiders? Cool. Like, here's go fuck around with War and Strife again do it in right. a slightly different format. Right. And that's what it is. I will say that's the, enough for me. The stuff that ended up being rough, I played it for 30 or 40 minutes uh, a couple like a month ago. And there was some stuff there around the map design that specifically was rough uh, in terms of knowing where to go, having the, the layout. So it's an isometric action mm-hmm. game. Uh, action RPG and like some it's that's a rough format for jumping puzzles sure um, and there's a lot of them and there's a lot of like demanding that you can understand the expectations of space that often is like a bunch of weird rocks positioned over each other in a way that's is, easy it, is it lost. also possible you're not very good at platformers as you've said this is not that type of platforming okay. I right. was playing another platformer that day and okay. it was fine you know what I mean sure. so like c- contrast with something like Doom which right. is a first person platform mm-hmm. or has first person platforming and first person platforming is notoriously bad yes. but those levels are so well designed that it's easy to be, to, to grok it's very what clear expect. what you're supposed to do absolutely whereas yeah. isometric platforming is yes. already really by, hard by nature of the camera yes. angle it is yes. going to be yes. kind of fucking weird totally yeah. I just think in general even beyond the platforming aspects in terms of just like moving around the map trying to understand what the space is like it's just like not super that part of it wasn't very interesting if what you want is like these two characters to banter a little bit while you fight a boss that's cool i will say that the boss fight that they they kind of the demo that i played was like a level and then a separate boss fight and you could kind of go yeah there's like an ice level and then the boss fight with the all the money on the all the money on the ground i actually really liked that boss fight that boss fight was fun because it had multiple stages where this boss was kind of pulling out different forms of itself and like throwing extra obstacles at you and like forcing you to you were really on your back foot for that whole fight in a way that made you switch between war and strife and that like made you try to like learn the different phases yeah one thing we should say is like you can switch between those characters in real time with a tap of a button you can also play it co-op but yep. as a single-player game, it is neat that rather than one or the other, it's just, hey, you can be Strife, who's kind of a uh, mid-to-long-distance uh, character who is swapping between different bullets to do different things, yeah. and then War, who is just like, yo, just go in there and... Beat the shit out of people. So, yeah, 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 totally. So that was... Yeah. that was. I'm curious how that full, that full game will be. I'm rooting for them, because I think a studio of that size that has 
a franchise like that in its back pocket that like has an audience that cares about those characters. I want the the people who love that franchise to be able to see that thing through through to its conclusion, and this is a step in that direction. Yeah. you know what I mean. So you know, it it doesn't have to be my thing for me to want it to do well in that way. Yeah, and then the other game uh, I play, well, maybe talk about this a bit because uh, later in the week we're actually going to talk to the dev team. But I uh, played an hour of Monster Hunter Ice Iceborn Iceborn. Ice, yeah, Iceborne? that sounds right. Iceborne, the uh, expansion for Born with uh, an e. Iceborne, with Born an e at the end. Born, Born, Born. Uh, Born. It's coming this fall, uh, September sixth, I think. Um, and it's more Monster Hunter, but yeah. like the big mechanical change, other than you know new weapons, new armor, um, new combos for existing weapons, is. So in Monster Hunter World, you have a grappling hook that allows you to get around the world. So there's a verticality while you're exploring. You sort of had something like that in the first. What's it called? What's it called? I don't know. But there's a way yeah, yeah. There's a, you yeah. could you could climb faster with it. Yeah, it, it was the fast climb. The fast climb. So it wasn't quite a, a grappling hook, but it yeah, allowed you yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. And then yeah. you were would kind of swing on things occasionally. Yeah. yeah. So there was a verticality to the game that was mostly existed in the exploratory phase, yeah. the discovery phase. Once you got into combat with a monster, the Verticality came from oh I'm going to jump off of this cliff hopefully jump on the monster and but that would be like a roll of the dice where it happens what 25 percent of the time something if you like land that. it right and like yeah 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 um, and so they've added like a hook shot sort of thing that works at like close range where you can target a part of the monster's body and it like different things flash up like the head the arm the leg and you can attach to it and you don't climb it you just sort of like there. You've got the hook shot on, and then you take your weapon, you hit it a couple of times, and then your character says, like, I've wounded it. And basically what it does is, like, it, like, weakens that specific part of their body so that you can, like, attack the leg or attack the tail or attack the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and gives you something to do and interact with the creature in a way that is a lot of fun. Because you that all, sounds cool. You, you will have, like, two enemies, like, baiting the creature, and then you're like, oh, like, he's fucking going. Like, I'm going to shoot him. Grab onto the tail, weaken them there. The other cool thing is like when you weaken a creature in Monster Hunter, like you know, it runs away, and it's like, oh, then that becomes another exploratory phase where we got to go find mm-hmm. where he went. Yeah. Well, normally the way it works is like that monster moves fast enough that you just can't keep up with it; it's going to get away. But with the hook shot, you can just shit. grab onto it and just ride Hell yeah. all the way to sled where around it goes. the fucking snow. So the so the way it was working was uh, someone would grab on and let us know like, oh, he's in. E5 or you know yeah. whatever it is like I forget uh-huh. how the map is actually uh, divided up and it, neat mechanical changes yeah. to the game that uh, and playing we won our first fight lost the second one and it was like oh wow this is a really good fucking game and it feels good to yeah. smash this shit with that also hammer. seems like it'll be interesting like a good way to help make some of the because like if you hurt certain parts of the monster you'll get different pieces. Right. Yes. So, so it like, seems like yeah. If you wanted to like attack the tail, if you wanted to attack yeah, the head, sure. you can make that a little drops, bit easier. It yeah. allows you to set that up, and um, if that's the sort of like mechanical things they're thinking about, like it makes me very excited for like where they would go next with the franchise. Right. Like after this, like if that's like what they would do for an expansion, what could they do with a full sequel? So you know what it makes me think about mm. Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> Put a grappling hook in Dragon's Dogma. Three, four, two. What? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna give them a little time. It's okay if they don't make it into oh, three. Right. Yeah. That game's in development already. I'm not trying. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to have too high of demands here. Um, 
Rob, do you want to briefly talk bloodlines? Do you want to come back to that tomorrow? Uh, we can. Can you give us like a top line and then we'll like dive into it? Or yeah. Uh, so bloodlines is it was a pretty it's a pretty early demo. Uh, so the demo itself, we can talk a little bit more about tomorrow. Um, but I think the cool takeaway that that I did enjoy uh, discussing with some of the creative team is that it's very much a bloodlines about how much Seattle started to suck. Basically. <laughs> it's like, it is entirely a, uh, even the demo you saw, it, but in the stuff we ended up discussing in a pretty lengthy interview, all of it centered on the degree to which the city has been sort of radically transformed in the last 15 years uh, and how that process... The techification has, of Seattle, basically. And right. all the people who have lost out yeah. in that. Uh, and that seems to be kind of one of the major thrusts in hmm. this game is uh, there's a lot of people who've sort of been thrown out in the cold uh, as as part of this process. How is that represented in this version of the world? Like, what is the analog for... Well, some of it's just literal. Like, some of it is Seattle is, like, just riven with like homeless camps okay. and like there is a uh, really but large... I guess is the thrust of that whereas like in real life Seattle it's like gentrification and like rising housing costs as a result yeah. of like Amazon and a number of other companies like is that just like a vampire threat it's still basically there okay like no right. I mean like that's the thing is it's what if like that some of, that, some of those politics some of those economics sound like they're just in the background of the game, but also they are being mirrored to some extent in the vampire world as well, which have their own politics and their own sort of class stratification. Sure. Uh, so it, it's touching on a lot of that stuff, but I think the uh, sort of the conceit of the game is that there's been sort of this mass, um, God, what was it called? Uh, I think what they're calling it is there was a mass embrace. And this oh. is, yeah. <laughs> So what? Let's talk about. We can't. We, we should get into Vampire the Masquerade because, like, I have a billion questions because yeah. I come from that tabletop background. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Because you say the word mass embrace, and to me, I'm like, oh, that has all sorts of uh, implications yeah, so for the masquerade. Where I was just saying, where the I was that was okay. basically what the game is about is we have massively, like, overnight, uh, vampire society has kind of been like massively transformed and destabilized and nobody ha seems to have had a plan for it mm -hmm. and nobody seems to know what to do and all the people who've been sort of uprooted in this uh, sort of process that created thousands of new vampires at one go which isn't supposed to happen right uh, most of those people have just been sort of again like eh fuck them they're not real vampires so who cares yikes and yeah so that's kind of what the yeah so that's mm. kind of the background of this is uh, you're trying to find your way in this world that ultimately like yeah you're vampires now and I guess you like belong in this ecosystem but not really and nobody has to make an allowance for these people so good luck Hmm. All right, that's a good pick. I really want to see that game, and it didn't line up for me because I was seeing Cyberpunk at the time, and it was one of those. And you had a couch like, to sit on. No, I did. I, know, I would have. I, I would have. I. You don't understand. I sent many emails. <laughs> like, do you have any other time this week for me to see Vampire the Masquerade? I was going. I was in the Paradox booth for Empire uh, uh, Empire of Sin, and before you showed up, Rob, I was like looking over their shoulder at the schedule. <laughs> I was like, listen, if you can find, if someone drops you, email I'll go me. in the back corner of someone else's uh, meeting. Dead ass, I won't I, ask yes, a question. Yes, I will. 
if you're if you're watching and you have an appointment and I can be your secret plus one, you get in touch with me. I want to see this game. I used to play in Vampire the Masquerade games, and so I have some thoughts and feelings about this. Anyway. The reason I couldn't see it was because I was seeing Cyberpunk 2077's demo. Yes. I, every fucking time... Every time we see this game, there's a journey because we see the demo, and then within 24 hours, CD Projekt Red or GOG or some related group... There's always a shooting drop. But I want to just walk through it the way it happened with us, which is... I went to the wrong place, <laughs> and then I texted I, you. I texted no. I texted Austin, and I had like two minutes to go before like the demo was supposed. The presentation was starting. Yes. I was like, "Hey, I'm on my way. I'm gonna meet to hallways. Like, I'll I'll make it. It's just gonna be tight." And I was like, "Cool." And then I get there, and I'm in line, and I'm like, "Don't see." Usually, Austin would like wait behind, and like then we'd go in together and check in. I was like, "I don't see him." Oh, these sort of drinks and stuff in there usually. So yes. maybe he's just in there chatting with people. I'm like, hey, I'm in line. I'll be there in a second. He's like, it's not at the booth? I'm like, they have a big booth this year. Last year, they did not have a booth. I would have assumed it was in that booth. Right? Yes. I went to the Ubisoft Breakpoint booth. Not in there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then he says, I'm hustling. And then I overheard someone in front of me like, oh, we're 20 minutes behind. And I said, stop hustling. You're good. Yes. Uh, that's when I ran into Bill Trinan, and it was right after you said, stop hustling. Ah, I was you like, can yes. <laughs> I can be like, Bill, fuck you, etc. Um, so we get there. We get uh, well, we get hustled into a, a room that was very cramped. Yes. Um, and they give us a presentation on that game. And I want to go through this before we talk about the stuff that's afterwards, because that's the order it went in for me. Sure. Um, I would say that that was a presentation of a video game, which is not... The feeling it I had coming year. out of last year's yeah. presentation. And I think that's a good thing in a, a bunch of different ways. And when I say that, what I mean is things like, and we'll walk through the demo a little bit at least <clears throat> in a second, but um, enemy animations like duplicated t- too quickly or an enemy threw a hit and didn't feel like it landed right. Or like some enemies felt like a little too bullet spongy or other ones felt like they were like take going down too quick. The things that happen in video games happened when you're actually playing when you're it. Actually playing it versus the like perfectly choreographed play that we saw this time last year. Seamless transition between shooting two enemies and a cutscene starting, which is just not how that actually works. Yes, watching a boss battle where it goes on for like five plus minutes because you fucked up part yeah, of it, yeah. and it's like, wow, it's taking a long time to get this health down. Yeah. Um, the, uh, demo that we saw took place midway through the game, um, and was setting up some of the stuff that it kind of, uh, presumably after some of the stuff from last year's demo and also from the trailer that Microsoft showed. As far as I can tell, the structure of this game is you create a character, you're in downtown Night City, you want to be like a, a hacker or a, a solo, you, you want to be basically what another franchise would call a shadow runner, right? You want to you be a mercenary for hire and you get things done and you're trying to make a name for yourself. In fact, in an interview afterwards, the, the dude who we talked to who is someone who came onto the project a few months ago and so was not someone who had a lot of insight into the bigger workings of the project. But, but, he is, but his title is the quest director he was he not is. directed. He was another quest designer. So like Patrick, who we talked to last mm. year, same role, but someone who came on later. But he was less about like designing a particular quest and more about... More, more like management where it's like, I'm looking over all the quests, figuring out there's consistency, where are there holes. Right. 
Totally. Um, and he was talking about how, like, at the beginning of the game, you're trying to gain fame. You're trying to gain, you know, uh, recognition as, a, as someone who can get shit done and, and get kind of people behind you. And then, as you saw in the Microsoft trailer, uh, that falls apart. Your kind of primary person who you work with in the demo that they showed last year kind of shoots you and, like, throws you out for dead. And then you come into this demo in a different part of the city. And the, the part of the city they showed us was Pacifica. And the pitch for this part of the city, I, I want to give you the stuff that I think is interesting, and then I want to, like, chat, chip away at it a little bit, I think. And so Pacifica is the last great place that the, the kind of board of the sprawl of, of L.A., of Night City, wanted to invest in, that companies wanted to invest in and turn into the next great tourist trap. Um, the next great resort town. A lot of malls. A lot, a lot of, of malls, big hotels. Huge hotels. A lot of half hotels. places. And then there was the economic collapse. They didn't, they didn't finish any of it. And because of that, there's no authority there. But neither has it become a sort of like a den of iniquity the way that a lot of places are framed in cyberpunk stories and in right. sci-fi kind of out, out of the outer rim of, of Star Wars stories, right? This isn't Tatooine either. This is a society in which there are shops, there are people. Right. There is and, and they, in fact, point to a local gang as the stabilizing force. Um, it's a very Haitian neighborhood. It's a neighborhood that is, like, filled with black folks who speak Creole and, like, who are actively... One of the first things you do is go into a church right. where everyone is black. Right, right, which is like, okay, hey, like, I have given this company shit in the past for refusing to put, like, people of color into The Witcher 3 specifically, something that's filled with NPCs and easily could have included a couple of NPCs of color, given The Witcher, which has characters of color in its, in its uh, fictional lore, etc. Um, and so I was like, okay, interesting. Um, the stuff, there's stuff even at this point there where I'm like, hmm, you're already starting to like play in some muck. So like the name of the gang that is like being the stabilizing force here are the Voodoo Boys. It's like, okay, vo Voodoo and Hoodoo are like particular things that have a particular history. And maybe you're, maybe you're being like, the characters in this world are playing with stuff that they don't necessarily even themselves know the history. Like, who knows? But I'm already like, hmm, okay. All right. It's cool that they're speaking Creole. It's cool that there's lots of black characters who are not just like stereotypes. It's cool that I'm literally inside of a black church. In, and they do, they do like a, a, a sort of a world building thing where they're like, they're actually speaking that native tongue and you have a translator. Right. You have a, a software that's translating it. But it's a, a small touch to say like, no, they are speaking yes. that as opposed to like, everything's just in English because right. it should be just and in English. To be clear, it's not a translator that's turning it from Creole into English spoken. They're speaking Creole and you get subtitles either at the bottom of the screen or in the world as they speak, which I think is an important distinction there. Yeah. Like hearing Creole spoken is really, is really cool to hear, right? Um, because it's like, this is, again, a real language with a real history that you don't get in video games that often. Um, I'm very curious what Evan thinks about all this. Evan Narciss, friend of the site. Uh, the... As all this is happening, Keanu Reeves is there, <laughs> off in the corner. You'll be having a conversation, out. <laughs> and he'll be glitching out in the side, leaning up against the wall, because he is a digital ghost inside of your head. He is Johnny Silverhand, who I mentioned the other day, is a kind of legendary hacker and rocker boy, which is to say a rock star in the world of cyberpunk. He is someone who's very much on the revolutionary end of the, of the, of the kind of political spectrum. He is someone who was part of, in Cyberpunk 2020, this big revolutionary act 
that ended with like the destruction of a major mega corporation's kind of base of operations. Um, and he's also someone who has an axe to grind against a couple of major mega corporations. Hey everybody, it's Austin. I'm coming to you live from the hot, hot sun, the the sun bleached uh, sidewalk between the West and South Halls at the LA Convention Center. And I'm coming to you to say that all of our equipment died uh, while we recorded this episode, and apparently uh, it fucked with the transition between a cyberpunk conversation and an Avengers conversation. It's lost to the ether. It's gone forever. You know, all things are ephemeral in nature, and we all just have to kind of roll with it. And so I'm sending this file to Kato, who's going to cut it in and let you know that we will uh, be talking about Avengers for a little bit. And I think we wrap back around to Cyberpunk after that for a little bit more conversation. But if you were like, wait, this is weird, it is. It is weird. So apologies for the weirdness. Uh, Please enjoy the rest of today's episode. Peace. back. Yeah, we talked about X-Men. We talked about Avengers sides going. And we real I remembered. Was it called Avengers? It was called Captain America and the Avengers. Right, right. right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. I was absolutely I remember the Captain he America. He fought Claw yep. pretty early, which is like the Claw, Claw from from yeah. I was in Wakanda. From, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to, to a know, certain degree. He certainly went to Wakanda. <laughs> um, you fought I don't remember who else who was you fight in the Avengers game. But Hawkeye was big in that one. Like he, he was. was a really central Character. And like decent one of the fighter in that <laughs> yeah. one. What's what? up? I thought you meant like big. I don't know. He was like, t- he was big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was Captain America. That was Vision. That was Iron Man, and it was Hawkeye. Yes. Which is like funny. It's a it's a weird lineup. Well, it's a different era of what yes, the Avengers. Correct. Were, you know. So. Um, well, funny you say like uh, Kyle. You say Hawkeye big. Hawkeye big. Uh, you should look up Spider Man. Arcade game, really quick. What? Uh, it was a four-player game, and it's funny you mentioned characters getting big because that happens in this game. For n- I, it's very weird. Let me see if I can find a, sc- uh, a moment for you to look at here. You like those fall characters through. are so huge they're, in that. They're game. already huge. What? There's a there was the the oh wow right uh, the Power the Ranger pow- like putty characters is that uh, so Na- uh, Namor Namor that's right? Namor that the the Spider Man Spider Man the video He's game Aquaman in Namor no it's Namor no it's definitely Namor? not Namor, yeah, it's it's Namor. I know that much. Ne- so wait so look 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 have you spent your look. whole life calling him Namor yeah look 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 ready they beat up Venom. Right? Venom yeah. gets up, jumps in the middle, and then a weird orb descends on him. And what happens? What happens to Venom? Oh, he big! Venom gets big! <laughs> Venom gets big, and then the That's camera zooms awesome. out, and he's super big! People should look up. And then he left. And then he jumped away. So <laughs> I have to go. See, and then, wait, wait, look! Then he's like throwing the level around. This game rules! He's like beating up the level. Man, Spidey's awesome. really nonchalant there. He's like bop, 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 webs. Na- Namor needs to put on some clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he's hot. He used to Na- be in Namor. Namor. 
two Namor. scans. I think Namor. it's Namor. It's not Namor. I'm I'm pretty sure it's Namor. Yeah. Um, King of Atlantis. Namor. Oh, here's before we before we before we continue real quick. Someone uh-huh. someone put me on this. Watch this shit, Patrick. This is from Dragon's Dogma Online. What's gonna go? What do you think is gonna happen here? In this in this DLC, oh, grappling hook already in Dragon's Dogma <laughs> Online because there was Attack on Titan DLC in yes! which you can attach a grappling hook to a Cyclops' tusk and then roll in and target it. It's literally it's already in the game, so I'm I'm changing it. Dragon's Dogma Four better have it because Dragon's Dogma Three better have it because Dragon's Dogma Online already has it. <laughs> Look, if if we do nothing else. On this website yeah. that we have built, yeah. we must make it to the announcement of Dragon's Dogma 2. <laughs> we have to. We're so close. If I that's if we, bones. well, no, that like that game is probably I know maybe next maybe year, next three, year. maybe if we're lucky. But we need to make it that long, and then we can all hang it up. We're good. Like, boop. If we make it to Dragon's Dogma 2, <sighs> that's all. Are we back? Like back? People back, back. are saying yeah. they're with Kato in the chat. Fuck off, Namor. Uh, Griff, you know what? Wait. Griffin Weston says, I say he should nay less. <laughs> Can we look up a definitive? Can we look up yeah. how to pronounce? Namor. It's 100% Namor. Get it's, out. Yeah, Get it's 100% Namor, dude. That's Namor. 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 Pronunciation. I would love it to be Namor if, because it would mean that like 40 people in my life were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather those people were wrong than Kata. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, anyway. and Namor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Namor. Yeah. Namor. All right. Are we recording again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. So okay. where the fuck was I? Uh, Cyberpunk. So you kept seeing uh, Keanu Johnny Reeves. Yeah. Johnny, uh, Johnny Silverhand. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny yeah. Silverhand. So... Johnny Silverhand, played by Keanu Reeves, is like haunting you in this game. You will be in the middle of a conversation with the the like a, a gang member who's gonna like send you on a mission. And over in the corner, Johnny Silverhand is like leaning against the wall, flickering in and out. And say, like, "Wow, this is some bullshit." It's yeah. Harvey. He swears a lot. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, and is Keanu Reeves, who's like doing his best gruff cyberpunk voice. It's very charming still. And but also, uh, at least in the bits we'd seen, not overpowering, not necessarily no. like overplaying the like. So like the trailer was like, you know, that seizure is like, look, it's Keanu, and then he comes out and does the bit on the, the press conference. Look, it's Keanu. Yeah. At least in the, the stuff we saw, and I'm sure there'll be like more lengthy exchanges where you're actually talking to the character. But it's more just like he shows up, has one line, and then like fades. It's back kind of like away. in the background. Yeah. The the premise of the game, which I guess we now know, is that somewhere along the line you got a special chip in your head and that chip supposedly holds the the secrets of immortality um maybe this is why the ghost of a famous rock star is hanging around and haunting you Um, maybe it's because and this is some shit i know from the world uh someone important a spoiler Uh, i'm gonna be very careful about this don't say what you told me well i want to say that part because i want to be right about it i know i want to say the whole thing okay i think just be careful so lady gaga i'm gonna be careful I think Lady Gaga is going to play a character in this game. Uh, that's already kind of pseudo-leaked. She said it at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's a throwaway thing. I think she's going to play a character called Alt Cunningham. And 
The reason I think that is because of stuff I know about Cyberpunk 2020 and the, the story there. Um, and I suspect that they're going to... My guess is they're, they're going to stunt cast a couple of these big, big, big name characters. If you go back and look at the Cyberpunk 2077 demo from last year, you saw that you could pick at the start of the game one of three like idols to have. Johnny Silverhand was one of them. The other two was Morgan Blackhand, which was the creator of Cyberpunk's like personal character in his home tabletop game. Okay. Um, and then uh, 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 something Arasaka. I forgot his. Uh, I forgot his first name. I had it. Three hours ago, but I've had a few drinks since then. Uh, Saburo, Saburo Arasaka, who are these are characters who are like deep, traumatic, difficult histories with each other. And it's interesting; it could be the case that like all three of them, plus a few other main char- big characters, end up with um, like big weird stunt casting. I would not be surprised if we saw Morgan Blackhand played by Lawrence Fishburne. Do you know what I mean? That's the style of thing just that I can imagine. Just bring here's, the Matrix back. Here's to my actual my actual thing that they should do is uh, gender swap Morgan Blackhand and cast Janelle Monet as Morgan damn. Blackhand. Oh, damn. That is someone who should be get credit for doing some cool cyberpunk shit these days Hell like yeah. actually cool cyberpunk shit yeah, her these last days. album like had her, her first album her first album she's been doing it since like the but i guess like but yes, the reason yes, had like yes, a whole yes. music video accompaniment yes it. totally so um you get a mission from the the voodoo boys you're so you're trying to meet this woman bridget because she's someone who or bridget who is who uh supposedly has some uh ability to talk to you about the shit that's going on in your brain with a special chip and maybe who can connect you to some sort of weird ai that's in in the network right and who kind of give you some connection to what what's really going on here but to do that you have to run a mission for the voodoo boys which again the voodoo boys um and you meet with a guy named Placid, mm-hmm. uh, and which is a great name for a mean and but a mean but like but not like quiet not, not, not cruel not cruel. I mean, can be cruel, right? But like I don't know, but like cruel for sports' sake, cruel because of the world he like runs in, right? Right, totally. So. He sends you on a mission, and that mission is in this, uh, again, for people who maybe missed this because we lost connection, you're in this place called Pacifica, which was this resort location where all the funding fell out of it, and so there's like half-built malls and luxury hotels. He is sending you into this mall where you are going to confront an enemy of their gang. The enemy gang that they have is called the Animals, uh, and you're going to punch through the Animals or sneak through and locate someone there who is running a kind of counter network to to the network that the Voodoo Boys, who are this like super tech savvy, excuse me, tech savvy group, are running. Um, and the animals, like their whole deal is, they have like this liquid that courses through them that basically looks them makes it's them like look a bane like, shit, you yeah, know, like, like all like kind of like roided up, like just jacked really up, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the you go out, you get on your motorcycle, you drive over there, they play some music. I saw M83 was listed on one of those. Oh, was it? And I was like, that's good. Like, which is, which is again, the thing I want to reiterate from last night is they're going to keep throwing big names at us. They made a lot of money with The Witcher. They can afford some big names. They also own a platform that sells games. So, like, some people in the chat are talking about, like, I wouldn't, uh, why would we trust them with Janelle Monet? Would we trust them with a real queer person? They are going to court people who we like. They're going to continue to court people who we like. We cannot, repl- we cannot be too surprised when that happens. Companies are going to continue to do this. So like, 
whatever our critical evaluation stuff like of work that is, is like separate from the that, analysis that of is, the work they're doing yes, on like a yes. gameplay artist like stunt casting is stunt casting for a reason yes it's why we say stunt casting and not good casting right um, though I think that Keanu that, did a the, great the, job it, in this one sequence. stunt casting can be good casting totally. but often so, it is yeah so uh, you get to this place and this is when they kind of unveil the trick of what this demo is going to be which is they're going to move between two different save slots basically one character one version of v who's the lead character of cyberpunk 2077 is kitted out as an elite net runner someone who's going to hack into systems and do all the sorts of immersive sim shit that this table likes a lot uh is going to turn turrets against their opponents is going to hack into cameras is going to eventually hack into the networks of the of the enemies themselves and do some shit that is straight out of syndicate 2012 to the point yeah we're like to the point where you're going to have someone take their own gun and like put and it kill turn themselves. It themselves yeah exactly um and and then the other version of V is someone who's a solo, which is cyberpunk uh, uh, lingo for like um, kind of badass up close fighter, someone who can take a lot of damage, someone who can literally at one point rip a <laughs> turret from its its uh, enclosure and turn it into a heavy I machine gun. Happened. It was incredible. And, and begin to just tear it to shit or like rip doors, blocked doors open without needing to hack into anything. Uh, including, and, and can't hack into In fact, anything. can't ha- hack into anything. And in this case, it was one of those moments where it was like, yeah, but am I just, is my choice here hack the door or bust the door open as is often the case in games yeah. like this? And in this particular moment, that wasn't the case because as the hacker, you were actually in a pretty negative uh, situation because you learn that the this gang that you're trying to infiltrate has uh, somehow ended up working with someone in the um, net watch, which are like the net the internet police basically, who has is counter hacking you anytime you go in, and if you go back into their network, you risk instant death because this is someone who's better than you and who will just like instantly just turn your brain off. And so though you get your initial hack in and can still fuck around with some some of the systems, you can't risk going back in. It's like okay, that's like an interesting way to disempower you after having uh, a lot of that those skills like lead you. Uh, without any kind of resistance up until that point. So they showed over the course of 30 minutes, like it's 50 minutes all said, but in this, this section, um, hey, here's someone sneaking through using like a laser wire to either like garrote people or like slice them up like out of Johnny Mnemonic or hack into people from a distance, like throw this laser whip to like hack into their brains and gain access to like patrol routes and stuff like that. Um, or here's someone who's just going to like beat the shit out of people with, with her cyber arms. Um, and I, this is what I said before is like, it all looked really gamey. It all looked, we saw skill trees. It looked like, a, it looked like, oh, sometimes like the demo last year was like very, very slick, slick to a degree that it was easy to be suspicious or you wonder like, what is this? How does this game actually fucking work? Yeah. This demo, you're like, this is a video game Yeah. to, to a degree that makes you on some level, uh, yeah, okay, maybe I actually will be playing this like next April because right. like the w- the ways I think you pointed out like the ways just animations just like got kind of grocky and weird yeah. in the way that you're like running around like it just felt like yeah this is I'm just watching someone play this game yeah Brendan Cassidy in the chat wonders if it's viable to play completely unaugmented and no because the core premise of the game is just having a chip in your head so at the very least you're going to have that you don't have to kill anyone you don't have to kill anyone they said it would be difficult and even in bosses where ostensibly they are they are pressing you like 
the way to do this is like to whip out a shotgun or would do whatever hacker version of that would be but there will be options in the same way that like some of the you know modern deus ex games have done is like there'll be some way to incapacitate someone without actually killing them and the the other half of that there too is just like the the ways in which it seems like you so we had this conversation with this one dev afterwards who again is someone who only just recently came on the project and seems more in a middle management mm-hmm. quest design role than a, a lead story dev or something like that but one of the questions i put to him was but had done i will say had done lots of actual quest writing quest design on quest creation we had going a, going all the way back right. he joined at the end of the witcher one has been there through the okay. entire evolution of cd yeah. project as a studio from a nobody to a unexpected powerhouse and uh was a part of like major quests in two and three and hugely influential in the expansion right and so one of the questions i asked him about this game was that you know cyberpunk as a genre has a broad range of of kind of stated ideological relationships to transhumanism and posthumanism to the idea of body modification i think you look at uh something like this past year's uh battle angel alita that has some moments where the idea of a character getting their new body is framed and shot as being um deeply empowering and validating of who they are as a person. Completing as a person. Exactly. And like, hey, this is who I am. This body is important to me. I am not just what's up here. I am this whole thing. And then other works inside of inside of the, the worlds of, of, uh, of cyberpunk can be demeaning, including in some ways something like Cyberpunk 2020, the tabletop role-playing game itself, or Shadowrun, both of which have mechanics for like, oh, you, you put too much metal in your body and now you're a cyber zombie. That shit that exists in those worlds and that over time, in both cases, as the, as the games continued and got away from their kind of core early versions, they kind of walked back in certain ways because... Mm-hmm. Presumably, I would hope because they started thinking a little bit about like, okay, well, wait, lots of real people modify their bodies with technology because they are disabled, because they are trans, because they are interested in body modification in ways that has nothing to do with losing selfhood or losing control of who you are as a human being. Right. So his answer to that to that question, which was like, where do you fall on that spectrum, or what is your what is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven's particular view, which is important for him as someone who has to like edit a bunch of different quests and it's specifically like saying like i look for logical consistency between the, mm-hmm. na- the narrative threads is like to make sure that like one you know, right. quest doesn't pull us out of like whatever the, the the main ethos is yes so um he was saying you know the view that cyberpunk 2077 takes is that whether or not body modification could be validating or enabling the world is broken in such a way that it is primarily and fundamentally about commercialism and commodification. That yes, you might be able to get something that helps you with your job, but like it's also going to be a status symbol. It's also, if it's helping you with your job, it's helping with your job. It's not helping you become who you wish you were. It's a very cynical position on transhumanism. It's a very cynical take on the idea of body modification. Though it is not one that says body modification is fundamentally bad. And I would say, I suspect long term that game is going to be a game in which it, questions of AI personhood and stuff blur that line. But it is saying that the reality of their world is one in which body modification is not about valid, validating your, yourself, building a body that is truly yours. But also, you're going to, in the game, probably go get upgrades and be like, yes, I got new fucking cyber arms. So who knows how those two things interact? But 
what I will say is like for people who are curious about that angle, which I think is right. a lot of folks, I would not come to this game expecting its default position to be. And I think you see this in its depiction of different people in the world, right? So the last demo that we saw last year had a gang of, of folks who were like, wow, they've like they've gone too far. They've like replaced their parts of their bodies with with um, with machines in such a way they've lost their personhood. They're like oh, they're right on the edge. Are they even really people anymore? Whereas the gang that we saw this this time that was like very much framed as being like positive for the community. They're still net runners. They're still able to jack into the, the internet. There's still a moment where one of the gang leaders tries to like jack into your head to make sure that you have the security protocols you need, but without getting permission first. And it's like, okay, whoa, slow down. So they still are like cyberized, but they are not like framed in that way that they've given over their bodies to the machines. And so like, I think that that's like, that is one particular dystopian perspective on body modification. Um, but I think it, it, it helps frame or helps you helps me to understand how they are kind of positioning these different factions in the world. Right. One of those factions is the animals who do genetic modification and like biotech stuff to get pumped up and also have like arm blades and shit like that. So either you sneak in or you bust your way in. But in the end, you're confronting a boss. You confront that boss and... Well, I guess you don't have to. Like the the implication from the person who was walking us through said, you can avoid this fight if you oh, want right. to. Yeah. You're totally. You, the, the final confrontation, after you, there's either you avoid that boss or you fight that boss. These, this boss fight was one of those moments where I was like, oh, this, this does feel like a fucking video game-ass video. What game also game. felt like the, the boss X. fights in Deus Ex where it was just like, boy, we just don't need this sequence or like this is not... Set. Like I remember one of the... I think we had the final boss fight in... Um, what was the first Deus Ex? Mankind Divided? Or was that... man mm, Human Revolution. Human Revolution, where it's like, I was trying to do it non-lethal, and yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I'm running around this like two-story two apartment, yep. like <laughs> shooting these tranquilizer yeah. darts, yeah. and you have to shoot like 50 of them to yeah. get this person to go down. I was like, this is not satisfying at all. Yeah. So this was a similar boss fight where you're fighting a really strong uh, character who is using... Um, wired reflexes or something similar to that that was in again the first demo that we saw mm-hmm. last year as a player it puts you in bullet time when enemies have it they're doing like almost anime style quick dodges where they're like leaving behind well, kind shadow of like, stutter <laughs> steps <laughs> like dodging bullets that way and closing in on you and, and you would, can block it it was like one moment where like the uh, the person running the demo like managed to do like a counter as that person came in yeah. and it looked it looked that looked dope cool. yeah totally um, and meanwhile while you're having this fight the there is a someone else is hacking in and like raising and lowering signs all around you to like box you in as she kind of like will punch through she had a big sledgehammer actually mm-hmm. like sledgehammer through the signs and kind of build a maze around you. It's like okay there's a second person here or i guess you could have hacked into her and found that out separately or something yeah the like the, it's like the, the the version that we were watching where it was the like the heavy yeah you were trying to get around the back of them shoot this little glowing orb right, on their back. Right, right. Once that you take that out, they don't have the augment anymore. Can't use and the sledgehammer. So they don't have the extra armor, they can't take all those bullets, and right. they can't lift the hammer, which basically just means like... They're a person, they're, then you they're shoot They're a person, them. you shoot them, they go down almost immediately, and they said, well, now you have a choice with them, in which they did like this kind of weird bit yeah. that did not work for me at all, in which... Uh, the, the person and you know these demos are they're they're pretending that like someone's coming up with things in real time and how to play but it's clearly very Super scripted, scripted yeah. but so like specifically this moment really bothered me uh was where yeah you you take down 
this armor and they can't wield the hammer. You shoot them with a couple of bullets and they just mm-hmm. go down to the ground. And then they're kind of like writhing around on the ground in which at that point you would imagine you could probably talk to them yeah. or like have some sort of interaction before choosing to do something with them. And instead the person running the demo just pulls out a gun, shoots them in the head yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like the person who was commentating on the demo, um, cause those were separated goes like, ah, Jesus Christ. Like this person's a psychopath specifically using terms like that to describe yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, uh, Pass. like actually, uh, this is a game about choice. I would like like to know what the choice what like was, what right. was there. Was there some takeaway here if you hadn't killed this character? Right. If like uh, if well, you were forced into a confrontation and then chose to pull the trigger, that's different than just like right. Be, like I'm watching a Twitch streamer that's like just like yeah. <laughs> that's what they do. Especially coming off of Watch Dogs, City of Sin. Uh, that was City in the bathroom before Empire people got kicked out. Right. That's what he did. Empire of Sin. We're we're hearing these conversations. There's a, dif- there's a distinct difference between killing someone and, and hurting them but not killing them, blah, 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 blah. So, like, fresh on my mind. The demo ends with this confrontation with, I guess it actually doesn't end, but, like, the climax is you go and you find the net watch guy, this kind of, like, internet cop who is a super straight-laced white dude who is, like, clearly... Watch, watching a Western watching projected a Western. on a movie you theater go, you screen. You go to the movie theater inside of the, the mall. It's, it's a Western is playing. There's this pretty strong framing of, like, being in the projector booth with him as this old Western place behind Quick him. Quick question. Yeah. Is it, like, a um, the darkness where, like, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird is playing? Like, was it recognizable? Like, I don't film? know enough about no, Western. No, I mean, yeah. it, it's possible. It didn't seem like it was licensed. It just seemed like it was sort of a... Blurry, generic. generic, a bunch of horses coming over <laughs> the horizon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, yes. it was exactly yes. that sort yes. of like white hat shit. You know what I mean? Um, and there, here he is, and he basically says like, "Hey, look, the people you're working with. I know you need them, but you shouldn't trust them. Here's what's going to happen: you're going to get the information from me. You're going to jack into my brain. He's going to kill me, and then he's going to kill you. And you have a choice to make. And one of the things that's that's at play in this game is." You create a cat when you create a character. You create a background. You pick a background that they're from. Are you a street kid? Are you a nomad? Or are you a corp like a ex- corporate a corporate you know someone who's like super bougie worked for the corpse? You know maybe you were you know a wage slave or one mm-hmm. of the other many cyberpunk terms. Um, and depending on which one of those you pick, and then also depending on your stats and your attributes. Yeah, so like when you get choices, like dialogue choices, it's not they're like generic ones that are just you know. Uh, not dependent on stats, not dependent on your background, right. but there are ones that are like, we'll say like street kid, right, right, and then there are ones that be like strength, eight of four or right. whatever, right. and so you have like often like I don't know, sometimes it's three or four, sometimes it's like eight options in which right. you could like choose where you go, choose next. or not choose. It does the thing like oh you don't have you don't ha- you're not a street kid, you can't make this choice, but you can see what your option would have been, right? And so in this conversation, I just wanted to point out that like. One of the one of the versions of V that they were playing was a corp, and so that person was able to be like, yeah, like schmooze, schmooze with this guy a little bit. Whereas the street kid was like ready to chew him out. Likewise, earlier when you're meeting the gang for the first time, there's a moment when the corp version of the character was could have been straight up like, well. I think person, personal responsibility is important. Maybe you, did you do something to, to upset the cops? It was like straight up one of the options you could pick if you're playing the shittiest version of this corp, which again, to me, like connects back to those conversations we were having the other day about Fallout, about, about Watch Dogs, about all these kind of choice-driven games. Um, in the demo that we saw, the character decides, you know what, fuck you. 
maybe you're right. Maybe they're going to try to fuck me over, but fuck the police. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to jack into what you need. I know what I need. and I know I'm going to get it. The only way I know for sure I'll get what I need is to complete this mission I agreed to do. Um, and so they, you jack into this guy, you take him down and then he's right. He gets, he gets killed. A lot of other cops presumably get killed the way that they yeah, like pulls up like a, a map. map and where it's like just red starts filling in where it's like all whatever them. whatever information you got from him just meant that like all those brains just turned to you liquid. kind of the gang you were working for was kind of looking to get someone who had the like operatives list basically and could to, to hack into his network of other operatives and then just like flip the switch on all of them so there's like a map of the city and other other netwatch agents is going red and dying and then you die. And then Johnny Silverhand shows up and wakes you up. Um, except he's still a data ghost at this point. No one else sees him. He doesn't him still. wake you up as much as like you sort of like come to consciousness yeah. because part part of your ability to survive right. it is related to this weird chip in your whatever brain. is happening. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, and then you go and you meet Bridget, and everyone is like, "Oh shit, you were supposed to be dead. You're not dead." There is like a good moment where uh, before that, when you leave. Uh, the mall that you went to go check right. out. Um, the before before you like started this mission, there were like two sort of like gang members that were like, "Hey, like you know, you two can go voodoo, around the side." Two like, boys. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're there again when you leave, and immediately are just like, "Oh, fuck! <laughs> what are you? you? Okay, you're here. Do you want us to?" We'll you, take you. You we'll should drive go talk you. to them. We'll, we'll drive you there. Just Are you the good? But, it did, but there were two options. You yeah, could yeah. choose to get in the car with them or be, fuck you. I'll right. go get on my bike and I'll go find it my, myself. myself. I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm curious about so many of these things in terms of like, is there a hard end here? Because one of the things in The Witcher that I liked a lot was sometimes the quest just ends. Sometimes you're like, you, you don't get to, you know cure the werewolf disease and reunite the family. Sometimes it's just like, no, this broke this back. One, this phone, based on where it goes from here. Yeah, it seems I, like a main plot see, thing. feels like a main plot yes. thing in which like, you can't, like, it, they cannot give you that sort of like abrupt lack of resolution right. as a resolution. Yeah. Um, and given how much Witcher 3 played with that stuff, I would be awfully frustrated if this game didn't have similar sort of things. But the demo they were showing seemed very much like, we're, setting, we're trying to get you prepped for the main thrust of what this game is going to be right, about. Right, right. Um, someone in the chat, Trace Signs, which is a great cyberpunk name, Trace Signs, uh, says, oh, wait, so is this Dark Souls where you, when you die, you don't reload? I don't think so. Mm, yeah. I can imagine that being a late game thing, but like that does not seem to be the... It's not doing Bioshock. You're not like coming back in a Vita chamber or whatever. Um, so you go, you confront the leader of this group, and she's like, all right, guess what? It's time to have your mind blown. I'm going to connect you to the deep web. <laughs> And then connects you to the deep web, talks some shit about some like big capital letter name, real real ass NPCs. You go into the matrix, everything goes red. There's a wall, like to find it's out like, more. Like we, no one goes past this, or whoever did doesn't come back. There is something about you'll be the first. You'll be the first. There's a there's custom a sequence, logo. Yeah, there's a sequence where they like put you in a bathtub filled with ice because like that part was great. You're gonna be going into some sort of weird, serious hacking shit. And the physicality of that moment of like, all right, get in this bathtub. We're going to make you super cold. They really like shivers. So, like the animation, like the little bits of dialogue, like really sold. They're like, wow, that seems miserable. Yeah. And then when they bring you in there, there is a feeling of, and I think it's partially because the voodoo boys have been framed as ha having a semi-religious relationship with technology. Yeah. The way that the Matrix is depicted feels 
almost supernatural or magical. They talk about the black gate, right? Um, one of the things that the, the, the dev was talking about was like, hey, there is a line in this future. There is no internet. There are lots of intranets. There are lots of small networks that you can connect to. But, and sometimes those are distributed across a whole city, but there is not one singular internet. But the way that they talk about the black gate, it's like, well, no, there is a deep web. No one can get to it and come back because there's the black gate in the way. And you see this thing, this kind of like structure of red and black, and it's all in, you know, dot matrix colors and stuff. And it's like, oh, but she's going to be able to help She's got you. that chip. She's, your character has this chip. And also maybe you're going to connect to this big AI. And that's like credits. And, or not credits, but yeah, title yeah. screen. And it was fine. And like, that's the thing that is the big takeaway from all this. Last year, I left that demo being like, wow, I don't know how they're going to ship that game. This year, I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll ship in March. Yeah. It feels like Fallout. It feels like Deus Ex. It, um, you, see, you see where you would have quest givers. You see where you would, you see the skill tree. Right. You see, like, all, all it's like, oh, right, at some point, this has to become menus. Right. And quest lines. And, and quest and, lines and skill trees and fashion. And not a movie. Because what we watched last year felt like a movie. Absolutely. And so I left today feeling, left at that point I left being like, all right, you know what? I hope they cleaned house. Like we know that there was like a real shithead in their social media, in the GOG slash cyber or uh, CD Projekt Red social media. There had, for people who don't remember, there had been a transphobic joke uh, told on the CD Projekt Red or the on the Cyberpunk account. It was a reply to somebody, yes. right? Yes. That was gross. And then on the GOG account, there was a Gamergate joke. Yes. Um, there were some bad quotes around labor, some bad quotes around unions. And those were unrelated to social media. Those were like heads of the company yes. saying like, oh, we don't need unions. Yes. Oh, well, like people just like to work hard. Totally. And so I was like, all right, is the best possible version of this is. And also, I, I will say that we've had like a great, inter we had a great conversation last year with mm -hmm. one Quest designer who's someone who I followed up with since then and someone whose work I've been following. I'm like, all right, who knows? This whole team might be fucked, but like, this is one person who I hope is doing good work here. Most games are a combination of things and like, I'll find some good in the bad, blah, blah, blah. Um, and. I didn't even leave the fucking building before I looked at Twitter and it was like all of that goodwill or even there's, there was a degree of goodwill in that it was just a video game. Sure. I want to underscore like it, it no longer felt like they were trying to sell us the moon. It felt like they were trying to sell people who miss immersive Sims and people who miss fallout games, a more cynical one of those. And they also today, in a post with NVIDIA, or an NVIDIA post actually included a screenshot that was supposed to show off some of the lighting model in that game, beautiful lighting, included a poster that has gotten some, some uh, response. Uh, a trans woman on Twitter pointed this out. Um, I don't have the tweet in front of me. It's a, it's a poster for a, uh, a soft drink, for a, a soda in the game. Um, it is a picture of a woman. It says, mix it up. Um, as if to say, like, hey, change it up. Like, hey, try something new. Um, There's like a variation of that one that says, like, 16 different flavors. Six, right, 16 different f flavors, exactly. And she has a, once, you, once you're looking for it, once you zoom in, to be clear, the photo's from very far away, and you, like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Has an erect penis, like, protruding up into her, like, one piece that is, like, silhouetted against her body. And the premise there, it, it, at least that is what it appears to me, uh, and certainly what it appears to the people who pointed this out to me on Twitter, 
um, it's like, okay, well, what is this joke? Is this like trans fetishization? Is this like, oh yeah, trans bodies, mix it up, like have a little, do something different, do something not normal. Um, is it, uh, is it just purely transphobic? Is it like, haha, look at this body that's different than, than yours, the presumed cis, you know, straight dude who's playing our game? What is the, is it, is it the thing that I've seen people try to rush to defense and say, I was like, no, you need to understand that this is a game that thinks that the future is dystopian and is, is trans, is transphobic just like things are now. And like, this is an extension of that. You turn it to 11 and of course you're going to have super transphobic ads in, in the world. And I've seen for what it's worth, I've seen trans folks on multiple sides of this issue, trans women specifically saying like, hey, this fucking sucks. And I've seen a handful saying, like, actually, this gives me some feeling of representation. It is not my fucking lane to say anything to that converse, that part of the conversation. And so, like, y'all it is not me. I cannot be the person. I've learned this the hard way by trying to weigh in on shit that isn't my shit to weigh in on. Um, but I feel like given the context that they've had, it feels negligent at best. Um, it feels like this is one of those situations where... Or at least like not to set the world, like, here is the world. Here are the stakes. Here's how this world views people. Here's how this world views certain people. Yeah. Because then you could still look at that and be like, well, don't put that in your world. You invented this world. You don't have to invent... You don't have I, to create a world that does it that and way. And if you are going to do it, are there ways to do it that aren't necessarily triggering in the way that this is already proven to be for folks? Are there ways to do it that first create buy-in from a marginalized audience that says, hey, we're interested in your marginalization. And also, ideally, we're interested in our own marginalization. We're speaking, we as a team are diverse in such a way that these, right. are, that these are topics being handled by, by queer and trans devs, right? And that doesn't come through when it's just a thing included on a screenshot blasted out to everyone on NVIDIA's mailing list, right? Instead, it comes across as just like, yeah, someone hit yes on an art pass that got plastered all over the, the game. Like, we saw it. And also, and then, like, once once you saw that and then thought back to the demo, like, oh, yeah, versions, I saw that. versions of that were totally everywhere, like, they're on vending There's machines. There's a soda machine segment of the demo we saw. That, all, that blocks that specific... Part, part of the body of because there's a, that is where the which itself is a joke right or it could be read could as be. a joke uh, well, that, well that's how that's that's how the escalating bad faith inter, or yes. not bad faith but like the escalating like interpretations of what they're doing yeah. can then be read in ways that and you're like oh well then of course the next right. logical thing to and, do would be then to turn that into like a little box that's down there where you get the drink and it's like well is that an accident as a result of like a large machine in which people someone is yeah or is it is it a situation where someone had a had this idea and then again the negligence for me is like who is checking this stuff and saying yes the malice would be someone inside internally being like ha 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 this is fucking great i love this this is so funny and like fuck off to that person right um and i the thing that i want to underscore is that i'm actually on the, the bigger conversation around like what is the history of cyberpunk what is the what is the what if anything is innate in cyberpunk as a genre and what should cyberpunk's position be towards transhumanism I have a pretty complex and critical position towards transhumanism in general, um, mostly because I understand that the people who control... So transhumanism as, as a category is, uh, is something that currently is being in a material way invested in by people like Ray Kurzweil, by people like Elon Musk, by people like Jeff Bezos, the hyper-wealthy, people who want to 
live forever. People who want to have access to technologies that allow them to defeat death. People who want to enhance their capabilities in such a way that they will continue to thrive while others fail. That is the truth about the state of, of transhumanist like investment and research right now. Those are the people who are, when you look at like what Ray Kurzweil advocates for his like drive towards the singularity, it is, it is dressed up in the language of universalism. It is dressed up in the language of self-actualization and finding a body that is yourself. But in, in day-to-day life, the people who would have access to technology like that are the same people who would have, have access to technologies today to good prosthetics, to great medical care, to cures for diseases. And so there is a, there is a place in my heart for fiction that is critical of that, that type of rah-rah celebratory optimism. I also have a place in my heart for sort of the queer utopian vision that is, yes, but if we can overturn this fucking system, what could technology do for us? How could we remake ourselves? How could we escape from the vessels we are born into or from the, from the rules of society that mark the vessels we are born into and limit us and tell us what we're supposed to be? How can we create something in almost a, a, a collaborative way with technology. And cyberpunk is clearly not that fucking thing. It is that first thing. It is that critical thing. And so I think there's a way to do that right. I don't think the way to do that right is to include transphobic jokes, is to create a, a sort of like general mood of dismissal of those who in, in those technologies see some way of breaking from the prisons that they've been put into by society who have said your body is broken or your mind is broken or some combination thereof. I want there to be games that, or, you know, and again, like I think cyberpunk is allowed to be whatever fucking game it wants to be, but there's a way to be that kind of transhumanist critical thing or to be post-humanist instead of transhumanist and, and succeed. It's not this. And it's so fucking frustrating because it's shitty. It's just like, do better. You keep fucking up in this particular way. These are there are people who would be super excited about this game. And I see friends of mine again and again being like, I wish I could cut this thing a fucking break. But every time I try, they make fun of me particularly. And it sucks. I don't know. Um, we're reaching out to for comment, obviously. Like we there's a situation where I'm so curious how they are gonna respond to a simple question like Describe for us what this advertisement is, right? Like, describe for us the, the elements of this ad. And then also harder questions in which we ask, like, what we think is happening there and ask for comment, obviously. We'll see what happens there, but, like, it is so hard to keep enthusiasm up or to hand wave things like voodoo boys to hand wave elements of the game that, like, ooh, this just this doesn't feel right when so often some other element of the game makes me fucking just cringe inside and not cr- cringe well, cause it's, 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 the, it's the notion you know I mean? of uh well it seems to be handling or at least in the demo we saw handling like the haitian community in a way that like not you may have like mm, like yeah. things are tingling but i didn't see like an immediate like ah like this was totally fucked you completely fucked this up mm-hmm. but then when you see things like the art you go well, maybe I just didn't see it yet. Yeah. Maybe it's around the corner. Maybe it's right. in a different quest line. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, okay. Like, it's you, revealed. What you want to do is keep hopes that, like, actually, 
the the vast majority of this shit is is great and here are the couple of bad actors in this place blah 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 but when you have a you know this is a 500 person game right. or something right like it really only takes a few shitty people and then a bunch of people who don't know to look for it to let shit like that slide through and or have I, their eyes on other things totally and the solution to that is to hire more diverse uh, uh, you know development studios to hire developers who have personal experience such that in their playthrough they come across that stuff and go yo alarm button this is how you get I I will never be over the fact that and and you know, it's easy for me compared to a lot of folks that one of my favorite games of all time, Breath of the Wild, spends 45 minutes on a really shitty transphobic joke, right? Like there's a quest line around it. It sucks. And it's not that far to go from that joke to a version of that quest that is not shitty. Like it would not have been hard to get the Gerudo stuff in, to have a culture in, in Breath of the Wild where there's like, it's, it's a matriarchal system where men aren't allowed and there's you know some other way in there you could figure out another way around it and they just didn't and so it is shitty that it is it is frustrating that like another game that strikes so many of my interest points in a fictional world that i am remembering how much i'm fond of right um is suddenly and partially i'm fond of it because like i've run games in that world and have built stuff in that world and it's cool to be like oh wow yeah of course this is this thing like it's frustrating to be like and now i can't trust them to execute on this because I'm constantly going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm constantly going to be like, is this the fucking quest? Is this the one that is going to be like break the break the straw that breaks the camel's back? So I don't know. We will see. In yeah. six months, they are going to announce someone, another huge, or three months at, at Gamescom. They're going to announce another huge actor, and we're going to go through this cycle again. And we're going to keep doing this. Is that this. a hand? Hugh Jackman coming? Hugh Jackman is someone else in this in this setting is this is the biggest fuck up they could do is japanese american saburo <laughs> arasaka right oh god so i don't know i johnny I, metal hands johnny right johnny metal hands you got morgan black hand you got johnny silver hand now you need johnny metal hands johnny appleseed well, we'll touch on that again because, Rob, you're going to see it later this week. Totally. Kato, aren't you going? Are you going? I'm going with Rob. Yeah, so cool. we'll, we'll touch on that again. And, and For sure. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating game and also one that is, like, increasingly troubled by the contexts of its development and its promotion. And, like, we, I keep coming back to this as, like, this week what we have is a lot of games that are writing big checks. And what we're seeing is the ways in which people get in their heads that like okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna make a game that's about this thing and then instantly like, okay good i'm glad you're doing that but also make sure you have the skills to back that up and have the team to back that up because once you're playing in that space you really i i say this but then also again breath of the wild was not playing in the space of modern of particular no. modern politics or gender identity and yet it's still fucked up so, yeah. so at, the, at the very least like be humble enough to like there, yeah. there's a way to be like we're going to screw this up along the way. Please call us out, hold yep. us accountable. And like realize yes. like there are, yeah. there in the space we were playing with, we're going to, we're going to reach. And yeah. if we reach in the wrong direction, like let us know in a, in a community collaborative effort to get it right. Yeah. And, and totally. I think so. that's, that's the thing. So on that note, mm -hmm. we've made it to Wednesday, June 12th, day two of E3. 
I'm just going to go right to the right to the convention center. I'll see you guys there. Uh, I have an appointment in at Shaquille's. Yo, we should go to Shaquille's. <laughs> Come on, what is what is it? Stop this. Shaquille's menu. Do we know what it is? It's a restaurant. But what is it? Is it oh, Shaquille? Like, I Whoa. if it's not, then I is will. It Shaquille O'Neal's. Shaquille's is an upscale casual restaurant specializing in Southern cuisine and service with personality. The menu focuses on farm fresh products and features his signature fried oh, chicken. Who let's could go. he be? Shaquille's curates beverage program includes a wine vault, local draft beers, and fresh craft cocktails with an emphasis on bourbons and whiskey. Oh, that's speaking my language. Situated in the heart of LA Live. Group dinner the tomorrow. The space includes a private enclosed patio surrounding the main entrance what with sleek, ramen? modern, and upbeat design. Shaquille's they have ramen. They probably got noodles on this. <laughs> I'll check a dinner menu. Do they have noodles? Just noodles. we'll tell everyone it's ramen. They don't seem to have noodles. They got wine. They got roasted beets. They got spicy tomato soup. You Wait, can make beets hold on. Noodle. Read, read, oast. Read that. Oysters O'Neill. O'Ne- Oysters O'Neill. <laughs> There's an asterisk. What's the asterisk? Oh, it's it's for. Consuming raw or undercooked foods may increase risk of, bore, of foodborne illness, especially if you have certain medical conditions. I'm just saying, every time we walk past Shaquille's, I think I want to be. You've done it twice now. I've done it three times. <laughs> I walked past it this morning by mistake. All right. Thank you to everyone who has stuck it out with us tonight. Hey, thanks to Kato figuring out our technical we issues. It. We did cameras. We did cameras. We did cameras. I actually think the reason it went down earlier and everything crashed is because that one camera that I had on is on a battery. Oh. And I think it going out during the middle of it was like... Oh, so it wasn't so. a bandwidth thing? It was... Just now. Oh. No, no. Before, there was a bandwidth thing. Oh, okay. That was different. Separate thing. Okay. I just but I'm just saying. A lot of bullshit. computer crashed. Kato's worked through it slowly but surely. By day one of E3. By day one. Day that's one. all we asked. Yeah. We said, let's get it running by Started day one. Started E3. Game of Christmas. Totally. It's televised. Absolutely. So all right. Applause for Kato. Applause for Kato. Thank you. Kato, congrats. Yeah. I'm just Congratulations, Kato. Yeah, you worked God through a lot of frustrations it. over there. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we should figure out Ava, our Ava podcast at some point. All right. Oh that's going to do it for us. We'll be back. Be good to rewatch it. I looked at that, that cover art again today that some, that a fan made. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like, like distressed retro. Oh, it was so good. Gone before it's time. Will they notice? Absolutely. Yeah, now, yes. Yeah. Now, they now hired a person. They hired a person. Yes. They know what happens with our feeds. They know what happens on the feeds. They know how we feed. Wait, do they? <laughs> No, because spe- they don't know how we feed, feed because oops. we tried to feed and then a delivery person said a pizza place ran out of cheese, which is why we couldn't get us. Our- that's I mean, that, that's why that we shut that place down immediately. It's a big problem. God. That's a real story we got. Have a good night, everybody. We are done. We'll be back tomorrow with more today. Today. We'll be back tomorrow with more today. Peace.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 